Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. We are here for episode number 19, and our studio continues to change. I used to sit next to Nick, yep. but no longer is that true. Look, look, Nick. Yeah, now we're across from each other. It's we're getting used to it. It's, it's a little different. Right I'm now. over here yeah. on this side, but I am looking at Nick. We don't have our third camera up yet, but we are going to eventually get that third camera back up and running so we can actually see us in the same room um, talking to each other. But Nick, with this being our 19th episode, let's just tease out real quick. What does episode every 10 episodes bring? Simon Lazar. Yeah, so episode number 20, Simon will be here live in studio. That's we next think. week. We're, I got to double check it with him because I'm just looking at his PDGA thing. It says he's playing Jonesboro. So if he is playing Jonesboro, he would be live, but in Arkansas. So we don't know yet. Hopefully we can have him in studio because I actually, for the last two weeks, I've really enjoyed having the studio guests with us. And we're also going to be announcing the big giveaway that we're doing for the 2K subscribers. And we'll be able to show you the discs we're giving away, the bag, and everything like that. So in studio with Simon would be a lot more fun. Yes. So that's enough about Simon. Tonight's guest is Jeremy Colling, also known as Big Germ. Now, that's an interesting nickname during COVID, and that, we might ask so, about yeah, that. Has he, that. Has he been yeah. turned away from you know numerous establishments and restaurants and everywhere else? We'll talk to him about that. Um, Nick, are there any tournament recaps from this, this previous weekend? I feel like... Um, no oh main states okay that Which, was a silver I mean, series yeah silver series a tier up in uh maine obviously uh garrett girthy won it by i think seven and i want to say sarah hokum won it on the fp yeah sarah hokum who actually i just saw today won it on the fpo side yeah so silver series obviously is a disc golf pro tour event but it doesn't bring everything like again it wasn't yeah. the live coverage and you didn't see like paul you didn't see jeremy coling you didn't eagle, see yeah eagle was supposed to play it and i thought kevin jones was supposed to play it too and then both of them dropped out so it was kind of like those were actually two people that i picked to win it but um yeah so who who was up at main states because you mentioned it so let's talk about it a little bit garrett simon thomas gilbert uh casey white marky chap terry roethlisberger Tristan Tanner, Chris Clemens. There, there was a good amount of people. Ton of thousand rated players out there. Didn't we pick last week who was going to take it down? Weren't we doing See, some picks? Or I was don't it, know. It was because, two weeks ago. Yeah, I think. Well, technically, <clears throat> oh, it was I two know. weeks ago. We but, did a pre-recorded show yeah. with Jomez. Yep. Or I don't think we talked about main states in it though. We were something. Oh, but yes, and we were live in the comments. This is like Inception yes. three times. Yeah, like, know, so we right. were live in our pre-recorded comments. Like yeah. we were actually chatting. So, yep. long story short, I actually picked Simon um, to win it. Yep. And he took what? Third, second. Third. It was right Third. there. Yeah, yeah. You think we would know better? Close. We're a disc yeah. golf show, Nick. Come I picked on. Eagle, and then everyone in the comments was like, <laughs> uh, "Eagle's not even going, dude. Don't you pay attention to disc golf?" And I was like, "Oh, gotcha." <laughs> yeah, so he's not there. So yeah. um, we do have lined up tonight because people are probably kind of wondering about our topics. We're going to talk about PDGA majors kind of in general. I want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about uh, is there any obligation or responsibility in the media world for the PDGA and majors specifically? It's their event. And obviously, USDGC is a little unique in that. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about it in general. Also, Nick, we're going to talk about the Disc Golf Pro Tour um, and its new sanctioning. We'll mm -hmm. kind of talk about what that's like. Um, we might, if we get to it, we'll talk a little bit about OB rules. Something funky yeah. happened at MVP. 
Remember oh, hole eight? Yeah, There's hole eight, multiple yep. issues with that. We might just kind of glance on at well, the so, end. Yeah, the funny thing about that, just you know, really quick while we're touching on it. So Paul and Hannah stayed at my house. And so on Saturday, I actually didn't go out and watch the round because I was in the middle of buying a new car. So I went to the dealership, was signing all the paperwork for the car, test driving it and everything. And then when I got home, Paul was like, dude, did you see what happened on hole eight to me? And I was like, no, I have no idea. So then he explained everything. And it was kind of cool. But yeah, if we it was kind of cool. We will we'll talk about yeah. that a little bit, maybe at the end of the yep. show. Again, our guest tonight, if you're joining us live right now, is just around the corner. Jeremy Coling of Team Innova. And we'll, we'll talk to him about it. But he's a previous USDGC champion. So mm -hmm. that's really cool as well. Yep. So um the other thing we're going to talk about, I feel like I had one more thing down here. I got to look at my notes here. Okay. Well, remember. yeah, well, I, it, it is USDGC and yeah. it's specifically the media rollout. Oh yeah. That was the a media big aspect announcement yeah. this week. So yep. we're going to talk about that. Well, I as, can't wait for well. the controversy on that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually for the next few months, honestly, All right. we're going to end it on this show though. We're going to end the controversy. Okay. No, we'll give it a go. All right. So yeah. with, without further ado, and that's how I'm going to say it. And I say it that way. Always. That's like old fashioned, I think. But, yeah. All right. What we're going to do, that came from. we can't keep him in the, the green room too long. He outgrows it. He's known as big germ. Here we go. Let's bring him in the room. Mr. Jeremy Colling. Welcome to the show here. Bam. What's up, guys? What's up, homie? What is going on, yeah, man? Dude. I saw you at MVP, and I'm sure you're sick of hearing it, but I felt like I was shorter than normal. And, like, that's where your nick Is that where your nickname <laughs> comes from, the your height? No, it has nothing to do with height. Um, it <laughs> yeah, it has everything to do with that, I guess. But uh, when the nickname was bestowed upon me, I actually wasn't, like, a – a large human being as I am now. Um, I was just tall. I was very skinny in college. Um, my, uh, the guys that lived across the hall and next to me in diagonal were three sophomores. Um, my freshman year, there were three sophomores who were all friends and they, um, every time they saw me, what up big germ every single time, just like the movie Friday. And so then it turned to what up big worm, what a big perm, what up, you know, you go on anything that rhymes with that. That's, they, they never call me Jeremy. I, in fact, I don't even know if they knew my name was Jeremy. I just thought that they saw a tall guy and they just started giving me a nickname and, and it just stuck. Um, growing up, I hated when people call me Jeremy cause that was like a mispronunciation of Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah. And so I was always like, I'm not Jeremy. No, I'm Jeremy, you know? And then like college rolls around and I was like, you know what? If I show them that I don't like this, which I didn't mind it actually, yeah. cause it was kind of funny. But if I, if, you know, if you rebel against something, then it's going to yep. stick and, I kind of liked it and gave me like a, an image. And so, you know, it stuck with me. It was actually before disc golf. Even. Nice. Wow. I've always liked the big perm, those old big perm discs that you would see. Those were awesome. Yeah, those dude, big perm. Yeah. Actually, I, I've got a couple images to show you. you know, I was just going to ask, what's quick. the, what's the biggest hair you've ever had? So let me pull that see, full screen. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So there's, there's the big perm. That was the, uh, I don't know if, the, if you guys are picking up. On yeah, that we one. can. So explain uh, that for our aud audio listeners. What does that look like? <laughs> well, I never actually had hair like that. My hair, there's a reason why I'm wearing a hat at all times. My hair is kind of just, I don't even have a good word for it. It's just boring. And it's just kind of bald and not really bald. It's just <laughs> kind of straight. It's just like nothing's going on. Now, so the only way that I can access it. I don't it. know if I have the guts to show you, but hold on. I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm balding too. You I was going to say, I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever seen 
Jeremy oh, without a yeah, hat on. Dude. So I don't take off my hat very often, but I just did. And our audio listeners, you're grateful that you didn't see that. But there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I actually um, I use my hairline <laughs> slash baldness as a form of ID one time at a restaurant on tour. It was like a long day and uh, I showed up and I just wanted I just wanted a beer, man. All I wanted was just give me a beer and let me just move on past that bad round. And the waitress was very sweet. And she's like, I need to see some ID. And I was like, oh, my my wallet's back at the hotel. And I was like, would this work? And I took my hat off and I, like, I showed her like a little ball <laughs> on top this of work? my head. And, and she brought her manager over. And I, I was like, dude, I've had a tough day. I was like, I took my hat off again. And he was like, get this man a beer. <laughs> like, just bring him a beer. That's so, awesome. Okay. So it's it got, works. Yeah. But for Nick, Nick, let's see the top of your head. Come on. We've I all mean, done it now. I have. Oh, man. I, I actually. Good. So during uh, during quarantine, I grew it out to where it was long, slicked back. And uh, they say that you take after your mother's father's hair jeans. My <laughs> grandfather. I know that because my mom co or she works for a salon that my aunt owns. And uh, but I, my grandfather did not get a single gray hair till he was 67 years old. So. Wow. Mike's just really hoping that I kind of hold true to that. My mom said she's found a couple grays in my hair before when she's cut it, but I don't know. I think she was just trying to give me a hard time. I knew it was I knew it was maternal. I did not know that it was paternal maternal. <laughs> That's paternal I knew maternal. that it came from your mom's side, and everyone on my mom's side has gray hair. And actually, my grandfather on my mom's head had great hair. So I don't buy that for I don't a know. second, dude. I got screwed on that one. It's yeah. weird because my, my like mom's super thick wavy yeah. hair like my oh, mom's man. side of the family they all have straightish to wavy hair but then on my dad's side it's more curly and if i grow up my hair like a lot it gets really curly so when my mom told me that i was like i have more carl jeans than the lavoy <laughs> jeans so but i don't know yeah so we weren't here to talk about balding and i don't think i'd ever be like hey let me show you my bald spot but yeah. like that was cool we all we all have something <laughs> in common here that's excellent well, i'm not balding so Okay, <laughs> that's true. Keep it going, All right, dude. That's, that's Keep true. it going, dude. Just so I want to ask you, Big Germ, before people shut off the show and go, what are we talking about? Balding. Okay, but we're here <laughs> We're here to talk about a few other things. And I just want to say the USDGC is coming up, and you are a previous champion. Do you want to tell us what is that? What, what's, what feeling comes to mind when you hear 2016 USDGC? What comes to mind for you? Uh, one of the most um incredible um experiences in my life was going through that whole time period i was going through some really serious changes in my life um i was just in my early 30s uh, i had just turned 31 earlier that week and um i had decided to make some changes like around my life just outside of disc golf and and involving disc golf to really center myself around focusing on disc golf as a profession and like what it could lead to in the future. And, um, I think that that gave me this overwhelming, overwhelming sense of confidence in, in the process of what I was doing. And if I needed any sort of validation and all the things that I have, I don't want to say sacrifice because I think sacrifice you're giving something up and disc golf has really only given me so much, but for all the things that I put into it, if I wanted to be validated, being the U S champion just made that like, you know, a hundred times more validation than I would have ever needed. Um, and that was, uh, the, the whole experience with 
finding out if the round was going to be played the last round. They'd already um, they'd already taken hole 17 out of the uh, of the course. Uh, they redesigned the course between the third and potential fourth round. They moved hole six, the beach hole. A uh, hundred feet to the right, there was a new tee pad and a new basket and everything. And like, so after the third round, like I was practicing that course and, and getting ready for the last round. And it was, it was just so surreal. Just every single moment there was new information coming out. And, um, and I, I just will never forget that phone call when, um, actually Paul Ulibarri was the person who had talked to Jonathan Poole, had got confirmation that the last round had been canceled. Um, and Paul called me and said, congratulations champ and i was in my house and i just lost it you know like knowing that that battle was coming i had to prepare myself 100 i was not thinking that that round was gonna be canceled if i did then i was gonna be kind of disappointed and let down that i had to go out there and like recapture it so anyways 2016 uscgc was just a a dream come true and then more um the the whole intimate feel with the um, that the the pro shop uh, gathering with they did the awards ceremony that was impromptu, and some of the closest people in the world were there uh, for me were there um, for that little interview slash award ceremony and um, man it was just such a such a bizarre surreal amazing experience that you know I, I don't forget I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, so that was actually the first USDGC that I had ever went to. Um, I was visiting Paul, Hannah, obviously, and I had never seen it before. So I flew down there and then Paul's brother was there. Um, and I forget if other people in Paul's family were there, but anyway, so when we found out the final round actually got canceled, we all just went bowling afterwards. It was, you know, that's my memory. Yeah, we were bowling and I almost <laughs> beat Paul in bowling, but still couldn't do it. So, yeah. So I think it goes without saying, but I'll let you answer this. That's the biggest win of your career or how would you or maybe that's inaccurate. I'll let you kind of speak to that. Yeah, I mean, sure, of course it is. I mean, if you're talking about like if if you're going to announce Jeremy Colling at the beginning of a tournament on my tee time and say anything, you're going to say 2016 U.S. champion. But um, there, I mean, it, it the fact that, you know, I didn't get to walk down 18 and lay up on the last putt and tap out as the champion in front of, you know, essentially my home crowd. I mean, Rock Hill is 30 minutes um, from Charlotte where I was born and where I live and where, you know, the disc golf community supports me the strongest. So not being able to like tap in that win with the fireworks going off in the background was kind of like, I, it made me just so hungry to win this tournament again. And I've, I've been saying it since like, I'm going to win the USCGC again. And I'm certain that I will, um, that it, it is my tournament to win that home course. And I feel so comfortable on those grounds. And even though I might get 30th or 40th place in some of these pro tour tournaments, that course really suits yeah. my style of play really well. And, um, but anyways, as far as biggest wins, I mean, the two amateur world championships really propelled my career. Um, the Maple Hill victory against, um, well, it was against the whole field, but uh, <laughs> really it was a showdown against Ricky Wysocki and myself yeah. and the way that that took place with him hitting the wall on the island and then rolling back out of bounds and then just winning by one shot was, um, that was my first pro tour, or that was my first uh, tour win. Mm -hmm. So that was huge, and that gave me the confidence in um, the very next year against Macbeth to, to win the Memorial. And that was probably one of my best played tournaments, playing 
memorial bogey free, not bogey free, OB free. Oh, and I had sick. two bogeys the whole tournament. Yeah, that that was yeah. something I, I don't that's I don't insane. know if that'll ever be done again. Yeah, yeah that's so those, are, those are my insane. four. Yeah, the, so those are good. The putt, the putt oh. that you hit, the putt that you hit hey, in the fly. final hole at the 2015 uh, Memorial was, it was badass because who you had hit the longer putt. We, wait, hold on, we got to ask, what's the dog's name? We got Flyer and Jackson, so whoever's making the racket right now, who knows? But uh, I closed the door so they are wouldn't they, see any distractions. It's okay. They, are those your dogs? Yeah, they're they're mine and my girlfriend's dogs. Uh, this is uh, I live with my girlfriend Jules. This is her house, but I mean I've been living here since winter, so it's our home. They're our dogs for sure, nice. and they're the awesome. No worries on the dogs. Little, no worries yeah, he, on the dog. So we had Nate Sexton on the show. I know you know him fairly well. You sat in a, a media booth with him a few times doing once commentary or once or twice. Yeah. Out, out at um, the, the DDO this year. Obviously, you got to do that on CBS coverage. We do, we'd be remiss to talk about that with you as well. But before we do that, I want to ask you this question because I thought it was interesting when I talked to Nate Sexton, also a United States disc golf champion. I said, hey, man, are you planning to go out there? He said, yes. And he said he thinks that winning the U.S. championship would be a, a, a win that he wants more right now again than, than Worlds even. Um, I, I hope I'm not dicing yeah. up his words too much, but more or less he communicated. He, he thinks he yeah, would rather I'm, win I'm the U.S. Sure championship it, yeah. over Worlds. Yep. And uh, I'm just curious how you feel as a U.S. title holder. You don't have a world championship under your belt. Would you like to win U.S.? Uh, An MPO one. Yeah. So what would you like? I, I Financially, I'd rather be a world champion. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's not why I play disc yeah. golf. I, I, I pursue disc golf uh, for personal goals and and i think being the u.s champion in four rounds and doing it again i think i'm I'm with nate i think it's the players championship i mean i think that every single player wants to be the u.s champion i think every person around the world is like oh who's the world champion i think it's kind of i mean obviously it's an incredible title and it's the most lucrative title you can have but as far as like being on a disc with your name on it. I think it's somewhat arbitrary that we only use the world champion as like they get a signature disc. I think the U S championship is almost harder, um, with the field and with it being limited to just the 72 best players in the world. Um, I think that for me being a U.S. champion for what this course means to me, being that I played it the summer that I learned how to play disc golf, I mean, world's travels every year. Sometimes the courses aren't the greatest. Yep. Sometimes the way it's run isn't the greatest. This is maintained by tradition, by a course that has history, that that you can watch stories over and over again in hole 17, on hole on 888, on you know so many of those courses. It's the same piece of land. That it's been played yeah. since '99, so the prestige of the U.S. title for me is is definitely stronger as 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 a player. So lucrative for Worlds, more prestigious for USDGC, and I think we kind of equate our USDGC. Is yeah. it the Masters Cup in golf where they play down in Georgia every single year? If you win it, you get the green jacket. Just the Masters. Yeah. So that's how. Masters, oh, sorry, yeah. I meant to say just the Masters, not the Masters Cup. That's what we do. My bad. Yeah. But, um, that's in, yeah. <laughs> that's in Dale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you've been down actually in Rock Hill since mvp i mean i've been at home yeah. um you know it's, yeah, just yeah. A, it's literally okay. just a hop skip and a jump down the road so yeah i, I today is actually the first time 
that I haven't been uh, practicing the course uh, this week. I've been um, since I, I played the Down East Players Cup in Greenville, North Carolina last weekend nice. and got our butts waxed by uh, by Ricky, who played really, really yeah. solid golf. I think he averaged over 1060 oh, and um, which was annoying, <laughs> but uh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Paul and I have been playing money rounds every week. Uh, yesterday, uh, we played a doubles match against Kyle Klein and Thomas Gilbert with uh, Paul and, and yeah. myself. And show the show the young kids what's up. Now, show a little sixteen. Yeah, down. are there any changes? I know last year at USCGC, <laughs> hole one was what they normally do for hole three. They kind of took out the signature hole one and two. Are those back this year? Because yeah. I've seen people like I've yes, seen they're back. Of the rock. I I don't know. I was just gonna ask Big Jerk. They're back, baby. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So how how they're do you back. feel about hole that? One and two are back, and oh, I love it. I it I could not call hole one last year hole one i i even when i said yeah hole three yeah. i uh, started the round off i was like wait wait wait, wait hold on a second it was weird it's been hole three forever yeah. you know so it, it i liked what i liked about last year was that they took a risk and i know that a lot of people are like why are you going to take a risk on the biggest event but they've been doing the same thing for 20 plus years. I mean, it's not like it's anything new for them to try something that hasn't been heard of bunker rules, stroke and distance, um, hazard, you know, these are things that USCGC brought to the table and were met with a lot of criticism. And because of it, the sport has grown and there's been a lot of tournaments that have tried the same things that want to bring that same atmosphere to their event. And, um, if they're not going to take risks, you know, then who knows who will. Um, but they, they decided that they, they took a shot and it didn't work the way that they wanted to. So, um, I think, Main, one of the main reasons that they returned hole one and two is that they don't need the uh, hole two's fairway as a not a gallery but a um, a, fe a festival uh, atmosphere yeah. because there's not going to be extra people there's not going to be the food trucks there's not going to be any spectators no caddies I don't even think they have designated scorekeepers so it is a very strict less than 250 people on site um, restriction that we're, that's being imposed on us by Winthrop. And, um, so it's going to be a different feel as far as the U S championship goes. I mean, we've yeah. always had some of the biggest galleries outside of Europe, but, um, so I, I'm so glad because I love one and two. They're yeah, great, exactly. Great and that, that's the crazy thing about this year. Just in general, you're talking about the European crowds versus our crowds. USCGC is one of the best courses to actually have a large crowd. Because it's kind of like the ins if you're, you know, a player, caddy, whatever, you're inside the ropes. But outside the ropes, there's just incredible areas for people to actually spectate. In 2016, when you won it, there's obviously a ton of spectators there. What has it been like this year, just in general, without spectators? Because, like, the tournaments that I've played, and obviously, I very rarely ever have a spectator watching my round. But there have been a couple times. <laughs> And uh, usually, <laughs> nothing, it's my mom, usually nothing it's my mom has, or dad no. or whatever. Yeah, tall enough to know what it feels like to have. Nothing has changed for exactly. Nick, but it's, everybody else. Yeah. Um, when I go and watch, yeah, when I go and watch Paul, it's awkward when he does something incredible, and there's only three people who cheer for it, and those are the guys on his card. So, yeah. uh, what's it been like for you personally, just not being able to play with the crowd? You know, I, I, I've, I've gotten used to it, obviously, because we've been playing with uh without galleries since um i guess june we, we started back at the ddo and uh it just kind of you know it's not that weird because you know when you're playing 
the majority of your rounds, your practice rounds and all the rounds that I've played to get to the point where I can be good enough to go on tour. I've been played without galleries. So it's just kind of like, okay, this is like business as usual. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until last week where, um, there actually was a, a pretty sizable gallery for a, a local A tier in Greenville. And, um, it was really nice to make a big putt and then get a little bit of energy, yeah, you know, like hearing it. that noise was like, it is just, it's awesome. And, um, you know, it, it just, I guess it kind of reminds me how special it's been to be on Lee card at the European open because, they are just, I don't know how the city of Nokia, I, I'm pretty sure that 73% of the entire city of Nokia is there in attendance because that place That's is insane. just packed to the brim. I mean, it is absolutely shoulder to shoulder on the last three holes, which are huge holes. And, and three or four to five people deep in some areas. So it, it's just like, it feels like, like it would feel at a golf event. And that's a, that's a pretty unique thing. And, and we definitely miss it for sure. Yeah. So this year's USDGC, we would be remiss. We talked about some of the, the, I would say changes, but actually going back to more of the traditional look, if you will. And, and I don't, I wouldn't say feel because yeah, we aren't going to have the spectators and the galleries and all that, but we are going back to again, hole one, which is just so iconic it, as small, it, as short as a hole as it seems kind of, you know, not as, um filled with awe and wonder like maple hill hole one but it's just you it we're going back to kind of normal there but as you mentioned one of the things that usdgc always does is i believe they push the envelope okay now it, some people look at that as a negative connotation some people look at it as a pushing the sport forward nick and i are going to talk a little bit about USDGC, it's a major, it's a PDGA major, but it's also very unique in the history that Innova, it, it, we're saying it, Innova really has ownership of that event um, in, in a sense, right? It's kind of a mutual ownership where they will get, uh, is it even a, actually rated rounds? And are the rules that are in place different than PDGA rules. Like what's your perspective on like playing an event like that? Can you guys hear me? Well, this is actually really funny. So before, oh, no, Jeremy's frozen, <laughs> but we can hear you. <laughs> How many people right now? And we'll get that answer. This is live. How many people love oh. this picture right now? I was going to say, this is actually hold on, this is me, an amazing picture, picture that's up there. Okay. So when you come back, <laughs> you, we can, well, I think, hold on, hold on. We can actually keep you up. So we'll still be I'm able back. to hear you, but you're just frozen. Okay, in place. I, I have literally. This is. This is <laughs> you weird. know what's funny, Nick? It's it's such a great picture. I this want to is, post it on Instagram. I was going to say live now. Big germ. I don't know if you can see you what picture is up that? here, but it's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm. It's it's literally. Oh, it, there you oh, go. No, it went away. It was right. like oh, it's frozen again. It's like um, it was literally like a mannequin. Like we had the big germ mannequin in studio that would have been a great prank to pull on everybody <laughs> so you're back so you you heard what okay. i was talking about yeah and I no idea what no oh I okay oh, we well then i was going on and on i don't want to rehash too much but the the reality is that usdgc pushes the the limit and the envelope it's a pdga major and technically innova still kind of they own the event as well um so you see things like rules that are different maybe than what an actual pdga ratings aren't even a real thing at this uh, championship um does that bring 
what kind of feeling or does that not matter to you at all because it is the USDGC? Oh, no, God, no, none of that stuff matters. It's uh, there is no place that that brings the nerves of true championship play straight to your chest right before you tee off in the first hole like like the USCGC. If you're sitting there coming off a great round and thinking, man, this is a bummer. My rating won't count for Come on, dude. It's the U.S. championship. Like try to get the best place you can. And if you can walk away from this place earning yourself a ring for the next year. You think you're going to care about a 1060 rated round not going on here? So what's interesting, that stuff is. Yeah. yeah, And so what's interesting, and I don't, I don't mean to like cut you off because I I would like to hear more about what you're going to say, but is, is it, (laughs) this is going to sound funny, but I've, I've run some tournaments, right? And we started running eight tiers and then we actually run the junior national event. We started asking ourselves the question, what value does the PDGA bring to sanctioning an event like that? If we can run the event, the way that we want. So like, I, I don't need to start muddying the waters here between like, Hey, should we support this, that, and all these yeah. other things. But like, it is an interesting topic to say that it's a PDGA major and it's kind of just like a mutual agreement. It seems like to yeah. me between two, you know, one organization, one company saying like, Hey, we're both bringing something of value here. And it seems to me, and this is the good twist on it, that everybody's shaking hands and saying, this is a good event. So I think in general, it, it's it's a success. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think that, the, I mean, obviously the event, I, there's, you're going to have people say, oh, I don't like how there's so many mandos. I don't like that there's artificial out of bounds. There's, you know, you're you're throwing some shots over parking lots and, and, you know, stuff like that. But when you break down what Winthrop brings to disc golf, I mean – you're talking to one of the most experienced touring players over the last 14 years. And I tell you what, there's not one place that has come close to matching the feeling of that event. Um, there are several events that are doing an incredible job of raising the bar as far as professionalism goes. And, and, you know, maybe some courses have even better design layouts. I mean, sure. There's some places in, in, at Winthrop that aren't the perfect design flaw and they continuously change the course to try to make it better. But no place touches on the feeling a player gets while going through the competition at USDGC. It is special. It is unmatched. And there's no need to try to, to, try to move the event somewhere else. If, if you're not happy with that place, you're in a very small minority. And that's okay. You, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand. That feeling that people get out there when a shot that looks really great stands up and rolls OB and you got to throw from the same spot you're yeah. just at – that's a really tough feeling to deal with. And it's not easy to adjust to, to what that makes you do as a player. But there's a lot of places that you won't quite get the feeling of, of excellence, like achievement of a birdie than you do at USCGC. It, it is a very rewarding experience to play well there. And, um, you know, all the other things that happen on the side that are a little bit strange, you know, you just kind of, you're just like, cool i mean this is an experience this is yeah this is pretty amazing can i ask so do you have any involvement with the media this um this year or are you getting a break from that and you get to just play and only think about playing this will be the first tour event that i've played with no commentary duties uh, attached to um yeah so yeah i will not be a part of media as far as i'm concerned right now um you know i it's, it's a little bit strange to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
I'm a little disappointed in um, in the the fact that there was an arrangement um, reached between USCGC and, and Jomez, or that uh, there wasn't some other media uh, component that I could have been involved with. But at the same time, I'm happy that gives me one thing less to uh, concern myself with, and I can focus on just playing. And um, but you know, I mean, I've 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 managed to make that a part of my job. You know, that's yeah. a part of the job title now for me. I'm a disc golf player, and I'm a disc golf commentator, and they are both equally important to me. I, I take each one as serious as the other. And some people say you can't have 100% of two things in one cup. But I mean, for me, I've found a way to make it work for me, and I really enjoy doing both. That's awesome. I was gonna kind of ask you about that because I've known, like, I've you know hung out with the Jomez guys. I've seen you and Nate do commentary before. Sometimes you do it either in the morning or sometimes you do it late at night. How long did it take to kind of like, you know, you're one of the touring, obviously the great professionals in our sport right now. So your tea times are usually later in the day than the average person. So waking up early to do commentary, did that take a little bit of getting used to or like kind of like what's your routine? I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I haven't had unless my tea time was early. I haven't had too much incentive to really push myself to wake up earlier than, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. Um, but when we started doing commentary in the morning, uh, we wanted to finish commentary. We wanted to start about two and a half hours before the earliest tea time between myself and Nate or myself and whoever I was working with on that tournament. Um, so sometimes you're playing with someone who has just a really bad first round or second round or whatever, and they're just tournaments isn't going their way. You got to, get up pretty early to yeah. do that. Fortunately, Jomez has um, outsourced uh, a new catch cam guy, Kevin Toma. He's also doing the follow flight mm -hmm. stuff um, with with uh, follow flight Mike. And um, now follow flight Mike is literally going after nine holes, getting the memory cards from the Jomez crew, heading back to the Airbnb or the hotel, and he's editing – while the back nine's going down. That's insane. That means that when the back nine's done, the back nine's done edited by, we're, we're doing commentary at 10 o'clock in the evening. Now. Mm -hmm. oh. I can go to bed before midnight and get a normal night's sleep, wake up for my round, whenever that is, not have to concern myself with how someone else yeah. is playing. And it, I mean, what they're doing as far as post-produced stuff goes, I don't know what other sports use post-produced media as a source of like information and video coverage for their sports or for whatever, but I can't imagine a more well-oiled machine than what they're doing. It's, it's, it's incredibly impressive. Yeah, actually, because when I was up in Michigan, Uliberry was staying with us at Bob Julio's house and he was leaving every night to go do commentary. So that's why I was like, I don't know if they're doing it at night now or maybe mm -hmm. just for this one tournament or if they're doing it in the morning still. I've seen it all over the place, but yeah, we had the Jomez guys, you know, two weeks ago talking about everything. And I didn't even realize that Mike would come out halfway through the round, grab it and just quickly get right under working. I think that's pretty insane. Actually, the things they do for us in the yeah, disc golf if community. If you see me at the yeah. uh, round two at Maple Hill on hole nine and 10, you see me standing behind the group. That's me actually grabbing the memory cards from Jomez guys, and so I could run back and bring the stuff to Mike to get his uh, editing done, because for some reason he didn't have access to the vehicle that day. But yeah, that's that's the system that's, they're working on right now, and it's pretty. Yeah, awesome. I remember that's back. Sweet. I remember back in um, 
disc golf pro tour when this was last year or two i don't know covid's thrown everything off when steve dodge was trying to shake everything up and and make some changes i remember seeing someone riding a bike trying to do similar things it's just like this it's where the media is at so we've talked a lot about or not a lot but nick and i will rehash with our own opinions later more about the pdga majors and all that stuff but let's move on to uh, what is I've seen that you like graphic design. You've, I think you've designed your own logos. You do a lot of that kind of stuff. Is that one of the things that you enjoy doing as much, um, less than, than disc golf? Like where does it rank in, in order of disc golf? Obviously disc golf has this like business side to it as well. And maybe the graphic as well. So uh -huh. just give me your thoughts on what is graphic design to you? Uh, graphic design is very important to me. And I, I kind of, if there has been anything that um, I don't want to say sacrifice again, because I feel like that that word has some sort of connotation that I'm like losing. But like if I sacrifice anything by committing myself to disc golf, it's that I didn't have enough mental focus to put into graphic design. I love designing. I love creating. Um, sometimes just being crafty satiates that need for me. But um, coming up with a, a, a design that is solid, simple representative of the individual or the brand is just as re rewarding to me as really anything else as getting a PDJ win or anything like that. Cause there's a lot of problems that you come across trying to work on a good design. And, um, I'm very meticulous in that process. So I don't really put out a ton of different things, but, um, when something comes out and I'm pleased with it, it's just about as good of a feeling as, as it really is for me. Did you help design the stamp to your Thunderbird? No, actually, well, no, okay. I did not. Um, that Innova actually does all their tour series art. Um, for those who are interested, I'll give them a little yeah, sneak exactly. peek. We of, want to say oh, congratulations. Your new one artwork. has officially come out now. Thank you so That's much. Sick. Yes, sir. Yes, how did sir. you how did you um, snag that? I mean, people have been like, I, they sold out in in minutes or seconds. I went even to check, and I was like, oh man, there's one left. How did I snag that? <laughs> right. Right there. You see that? That's uh, oh, that's, that's right how there on it. it yeah. You get you get. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you have a tour series, this they they send you twenty five, and you you know those are yours to to play with and do as you please. And so, um, but no, they, they um they do all the artwork in house now. So I had nothing to do with this year's tour series art. They they usually send you a, a proof, and they you know are you okay with that? And um. You know, the only direction that I gave them is I just wanted them to focus on uh, Northwestern uh, native art, mm -hmm. which is where uh, totem yeah. art specifically, because that's where the Thunderbird originates from. So I think that sticking with that theme uh, is true to Thunderbird origins. And I think, you know, there's nothing cooler to me than Northwestern uh, native art. I mean, like the totem pole art is dope. Yeah. Like it is yeah. just really cool shapes, a lot of really interesting geometry. And, um, yeah. So if you can make a cool disc art out of a Northwestern style native art, it's like, it's good nice. stuff. A little bit off topic really quick. Cause I'm just reading <laughs> through the comments and I love controversy, but Oh, real quick. Is there ever actually, is there any coverage coming out for the down East players cup that you guys were just doing? Yeah, Gatekeeper Media was there, um, and they also filmed a skins match, okay. which uh, should be really entertaining. So someone, someone, um, I I don't know what their turnaround time cool. is, but it might be available awesome. already. Um, someone asked, what was going on at the Downies Players Cup on hole 17 with the drop zone? 
did they have a waiver for that? Someone just says as a deal, a question for Big Germ, somewhat related to USCGC. So something happened. Uh, I was caught off guard. So yeah, um, coming down the stretch, I didn't realize that I was uh, right there. Uh, I, I, I'd almost caught Paul Ulibarri, who had me by eight shots starting the round. I was playing pretty well. And I had this really tough putt that I, it was blind to an elevated basket, and OB was less than 20 feet behind the pin. And so I went for the putt, and I almost made it, and I, I, I kind of got like a ramp skip off the left side basket, and it just so happened to go out of bounds. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, well, it's a tap in bogey. No big deal. And right before I went over to market and tap it in, um, Nathan Queen said, oh, hold on a second, Jeremy. Let's check the rules. I'm pretty sure all OB shots are required to go to the drop zone. And I was like, what do you mean required to go to the drop yeah. zone? Like that <laughs> we hadn't had any other holes in the tournament that had any rule like that. So I was certainly not. I didn't know there was a drop zone on 17. Mm, let alone that you had to go there if you went out of bounds. So then I had to grab my disc and go over to this drop zone. And now I have like a 45 footer, the same from like where I just was, but now I can see the basket and like there's OB behind it. And I knew at that time that I was like just barely ahead of uh, a couple guys, Dan Hastings and Raven yeah. Newsom. And I, I was just like, this ruling makes no sense to me. Like why, why can't I just play from where I went, where I crossed out of bounds? But um, I went to the drop zone and I made the putt and I didn't even realize how stupid it was to go for that putt because I could have just been going back and forth there all day yeah. long. Like I could have just like let the the emotions take hold and like get upset and then like who knows? I could have just thrown my tournament away. And Ricky and Yulabari both came up to me after that and they're like, dude, what were you doing going for that putt? And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of blinked out and I just had to make the putt and I did. And I was pretty happy because – I definitely would have been – I would have dropped from fourth place to like sixth place if I it just, just kept been... going back and forth potentially, just drop and drop and drop. Man, so, so that, yeah, that, say, that, yeah. that's going to bring up a topic for us later today too. But it's just interesting. Some, some of these rules, it's not – sometimes they're in the player's caddy guide and sometimes it's kind of confusing to how it yeah. could be interpreted these as OB well. These rules are getting which, whacked. Which, we don't need to discuss the Paul McBeth one now. We're going to wait until later to do that when we don't have our guest on the show. But at Maple Hill, even you heard about. Well, OK, let's dive into it. You heard about that controversy um, between. And that's the is that the oh, first I, time? I, I, let's touch on it. Is that the first time that you've ever seen at a disc golf pro tour where somebody at least let's just say a lead card. So it's it's higher profile, if you will, objected to a ruling. And it was upheld in the moment, and then the next day it was overturned. Is that the first time you're aware of that happening? It's not just the first time I've heard of it on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I've never heard of it before, and I'm super happy that they made the right call. Yes. The fact that the disc was in water was totally arbitrary as to what OB rules are defined as in our mm -hmm. sport. Um, if it, our, our OB rules would need to be cleared up in a different way. Um, there's already some gray areas. Like if you go around a corner and you can't find your disc, but there's water over there <laughs> and you're certain that it went in the water, then you can play it from the water's edge. Right. Right. But if you're not certain that it went in the water, then you have to rethrow from your previous slide. Now that is a, that's an interpretation situation that is, it, it, it stands to, to be interpretive. And that right there, we don't want any sort of interpretation going yeah. into rules, especially when they can, come into an event like that that could have mm. ended 
Macbeth's chances. Yeah. And the fact that they looked at it, they, um, it, you know, Macbeth as a player did the right thing. I know that I came across some comments that were like, oh, he's being whiny pro. I hate Paul for this reason and stuff like that. And, you know, like he did exactly what he should yeah. do. He There was a loose interpretation of the rule that didn't make sense to him for obvious reasons. Um, and he brought it to the TD's attention. He brought it to the 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 tour director's attention and he played it both ways. I mean, that's all you can do as a player is you play a provisional you make your case and you let them decide what's and that's what. why and before tournaments and you read the caddy books. That was the best. Situation. Yes. But and you Nick, know the rules. This, we can talk about this later. The caddy book pretty much just said straight out like water. No, there was a, to the drop zone. There was no, a line at yeah. the top. No, that's that was the map. That was the T sign. So that, the caddy the book sign itself. that's normally on hole eight. But the T signed that should have been in the caddy book. That was yeah. the one where there was the red line up at the top. You're right. Because so, Scooter, Scooter talked with us the next day before teeing off, and he kind of went over what happened. And yeah, but like I said, read your caddy books and know the rules of disc golf. I guess. Shout out to Scooter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Scooter. So, Good okay, people. so um, you like graphic design. What else do you do with your time when you have time? Obviously COVID put a halt to a lot of things, but you were probably still involved in disc golf, whether it was again, your art or something else, but like you take those three things away or those two things away. What are you going to choose to do with your time? Are you a gamer? What, what do you do with your time? What do you like to do? Yeah. Um, most recently I've just been absolutely destroying Paul in FIFA. Um, it has been kind of embarrassing lately, but, um, <laughs> We we like we play like five or six games of FIFA a day. He's actually currently staying at my house right now, so like we have a lot of time to you know go play Winthrop, come back here. Um, he can get his his L in FIFA real quick, and then we could do it over and over five or six times. So uh, no, we're, we're we're playing some games. Um, I'd say for the last like since uh, the beginning of COVID, I got back into my PlayStation four. Um, but that lasted for about a couple months. And then I picked up a new hobby during COVID that I never knew I had. And that's being a handyman. Um, I've actually been creating stuff with wood. My dad's a carpenter and I've had just like the time of my life going out, buying tools, uh, and just making things, um, made a front porch swing. It's actually like a bed swing. It's a little bit bigger than a normal swing uh, for Jules for her birthday. And um, just been doing things that I never would have like I've always just outsourced like, hey, do you guys have a drill? You want to drill something? You know, like now I actually have like three drills and I've actually taken some back. Like nice. I've got like everything I need and more. And like we had a bunch of landscaping we needed to do in the backyard. And I did landscaping as a job like 12 it years sucks. ago and I hated it. But then again, that <laughs> That was like, it was a, it, I was working for, uh, I had a contract with Circle K and so there's a lot of just picking up cigarette butts and like that sucks hedge more. trimming <laughs> and spreading pine needles, like the worst kind of landscaping that I can imagine. So, uh, doing your own landscaping in your own house, in your own yard is way cooler. And like, I've really, I've, I've got a lot of enjoyment. Yeah, so, it's, it's kind of rewarding when you do it for yourself or for a friend or something like that. Like then it's rewarding. Yes. But when you're on the side of the road picking up cigarettes, yes. but it's like the, butts it's, for like 10 bucks an hour. It's not. It's like when you were a worst. kid. I don't know if you ever had this experience. I'm like, I kind of feel like, okay, once this is like an anomaly. I'm like, I kind of feel like cleaning my room. And then your mom like steps in the door. She's like, you need to clean your room today. And you're like, Nah, I ain't cleaning my room. Like someone told no. me to do it. <laughs> so 
<laughs> okay, so yeah. in, this is a live show, obviously. People are listening posts as well, but I just got a shout out to uh, one of Nick's sponsors, Hunter Thomas of oh, Foundation, yeah. commented and said, Nick's face looks like he's solving an algebra problem. So I texted Nick- him about it. I said, don't don't make fun of me on my own podcast. <laughs> so we're not going to shout out their podcast. No, I'm kidding. I already said Foundation. Grip Locked. Yeah. Grip Locked um, drops Thursday nights. To be clear, if we want to make this a competition between Foundation and the Nick and Matt show. Um, we got to come out with stickers. We can come out with stickers, but everybody right now that's watching live could just share this and we can just start increasing in numbers. We're about halfway up to where Grip Locked is. So we're doing good. So, okay. Yeah. I have no idea. I Numbers. <laughs> yeah. You're in numbers. You're the stats guy. I'm a stats guy. Yeah. So, But you know what? You want to know what we have that they don't? <laughs> Jeremy Colling, Colling on our right. show right now. They don't have that. They don't that have the big right. perm. That's right. So. So. Took you 19 episodes, but we got hey, here, baby. You know, we appreciate you saying yes. 19 episodes. Yeah, I know. It's it's tough, man. I mean, there's. Do we put you in the beginning, or do we put you after we've kind of refined our show to where it's like a running smoother? You want, yeah, you gotta you gotta exactly the we first knew, show. I, you're this I like appreciate working. You're this through. high caliber, you know, commentator. We couldn't go oh, with our ratty old system that we did before. We couldn't <laughs> we couldn't do that to you. That's just disrespectful. <laughs> so we're like big germ. He gets a brand new oh, studio God. set up. Yes. He gets it all. Next MVP open, because this is where we're located in Leicester. Yep. Next MVP open. I'm going to schedule out about 30 interviews and people can just wait in the line. We'll have barbecue upstairs. We'll do the whole nine yards. We'll just do one in the seat at a time. So I guess I'm not practicing no, for the event. You're not. Nick's not okay. playing the event next year. So. All right. <laughs> just save me a couple bucks, maybe. <laughs> All right. So um, you got any promos or anything you want to I mean, you already showed us your disc, but uh, is there anything else that you're doing that you'd like people to know about? This would be the time to say that because we're going to get into some cool games and whatnot. I guess we'll give you a chance later, too. But is there anything else that's on your mind that you're like, hey, this is going on right now? Uh, I mean, clearly, I really hope that people are um, taking um, their money and spending it on end of a tour series program because it's a huge part of um of what we do and if you're going to buy a disc uh you know think about considering buying a disc that supports one of your favorite players whoever that is uh so that's a really cool program um definitely look at getting the best disc golf bag in the world get a pound disc golf back they levi is one of the absolute coolest dudes that i've ever met outside the sport in the sport whatever great person you always want to support good people and uh, he, he, he works hard, makes a great product. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had nothing official worked out right now, but uh, I'm working with Bushnell to have some small contract. They're trying to get into disc golf. You know, they have their own disc golf. Uh, you know, they have Bushnell golf. They have Bushnell like official, and then they have Bushnell actually like a disc golf side thing. Can you talk about on. that a little bit more than just a shout out there? What do you know about that? Because we've been seeing Bushnell like – quite a bit and it's obviously a coordinated effort in disc golf world to try to promote it and make that sponsorship work what do you know about that how did that come to be nate sexton's in the house by the way he is in the chat room oh he says this is what he says whoa look Um, what i found (laughs) he's gonna see the game in a little bit if he sticks around but yeah tell us what you know about bushnell like how did that come to be uh, well, Bushnell, um, you know, they're disc golfers, just like grip six, their involvement, their interest in the sport came from being disc golfers themselves. Um, and it's really cool. Obviously, anytime that we get a, a big company that is well established outside of the sport and they say, Hey, 
we love where the sport's going. We love playing ourselves. We want to get involved. Um, you know, we, you know, there's nothing we can do more to really say, Hey, come on, bring it. You know, like we, we want to show you all the support we can. Uh, so, you know, Bushnell just had a couple of guys that were really big into the sport and they realized how big their product had gotten within the golf community. And they, I guess they saw a niche market to be able to come in and say, you know, maybe this product will help you in your, uh, disc golf, uh, success. And, you know, I, I was a little bit skeptical that it would be something that I would use as often as I've used it. But um, I've I've noticed a you know an increase in my finish, my average finish since using Bushnell, and I don't know how much of that is to be directly attributed to them. But I definitely feel like if I'm using it five to six times around, there's a good reason mm -hmm. for it. Um, you know, we're so accustomed to going with, oh, I'm a field player. Of course we are. We've never really brought this into our disc golf bag as a as a as a tool to help us be more um, consistent and to not have to guess. Uh, I don't want to guess, you know, I'm getting older. <laughs> I turned yeah. 35 in less than 10 days. I don't want to, I don't want to guess if it's 350 or, or 380. That's a big difference, especially when it has to carry over out of bounds and all that. And I'm not just like flagging the pin. I'm flagging, uh, you know, a tree that I want to avoid. So if I need to just narrowly uh, avoid a tree in the fairway, that's 250 feet away, then I know how much power I need to put on that. And that, that means a lot to me. And that's translated to, uh, better scores for me. So I, I think it's a really cool thing. And, um, I think that they've noticed that I've used it a lot. I've promoted it freely and, um, they recognize that there's a value with me promoting a product. So, you know, we're working on something right now. It, it's, it's pretty small, honestly, for me. Um, you know, sponsorship is very important. It, it's the most important part of me doing this as a job, uh, and being a professional, but, um, I, I only want to associate myself with products that I so if Big Germ's putting his seal of approval on it, that it's, you know, he's not doing it for money. He's doing it because it's the real deal. Yeah, that's awesome. And so real quick, because this is kind of interesting, I'm going to just put this out there to those who are live right now. If they would consider copying the link and sharing this to everywhere they know, Big Germ, you could have the largest live audience we've ever have. It could happen tonight. It We're could. about... Uh, about 35 away from our largest ever. So, so the shout out big germ, you want it, right? You want the largest live show on the Nick and Matt show, right? I thought, Oh dude, bring it, man. We got, we yeah. got games coming up here. We got, we got some fun stuff coming up. So absolutely do that. <laughs> Share it. Dude. So Nate oh, yeah. Sexton's in the room, Hunter here. Thomas. Yep. We got so technically big sexy here. So sexy we should just bring him in moment. Skype and we yeah. can do the whole I thing. Know, right. So no, I, I love, a. I love Bushnells. I actually used Paul's when we were up in Vermont at a Fox run, just seeing how far I threw, you know, a shot on hole seven or same thing. Like, Hey, that tree is 350 feet away. This is what I got to do if I want to go to the right of it, or if I want to be early of it. And so I think, like you said, you can kind of dissect the fairways down more now and that it only benefits you. So I don't know why more people kind of are like hesitant on the whole thing. About what is it. the skepticism that you've heard in regards to that big germ? Because I've heard some things, but what have you heard? Like, what's the skepticism? Um, I I don't really know of anything, anyone being too skeptical. I think that maybe one thing that somebody could say is that, you know, if I, if I see this exact distance, it'll get in my head and maybe they'll second guess the feeling that they've, they're so used to and accustomed to, which I could understand that. I mean, like, that's why I initially thought that this would not be something that I would be using. Um, as far as like maybe potentially being, uh, you know, where they outlawed some types of, uh, range finders in golf, maybe that there could be skeptic skepticism that yep. 
that could be an unfair advantage in, in our sport. But I, I don't know. I don't see it that way. We still have to throw the disc. We still have to execute the shot. And I don't see having some sort of distance reader as, a, as an aid really is, is too much of an advantage so much as like just a tool. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think another thing I actually didn't mention is that I, I like to use them as binoculars. Like I sometimes can't quite see all the limbs that are hanging down. Yeah, dude. Just, you know, the <laughs> see, little monitor. You got one on each side, right? You're using two of them. A binocular. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like to be able to, I can zoom in so I can shoot really see shot land. Which really? In the past, yeah, so I, like that, I don't need know? to, I don't need to get into the full details cause I've used range finders before yeah. and the work process that I'm a part of. Sometimes we need to Same. use them, but are these laser range finders or how are they working? Do you know how they operate or is it a laser? Yeah, they're a laser range finder. I'm, I'm like 99.99% <laughs> certain, you know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't, and it tells you in feet. Does it tell you down to the half foot, or is it how? How does that work? Is it down to yeah, a couple have, feet? Uh, it's no. It's just down to the foot. Okay. Um, I have I have one that measures in yards, which fluctuates a little bit less when you're on a target, like a basket. It's very accurate. So, like when you're reading it, it can pick up the the cage or the chains, and so that number is going up and down by a foot, like pretty quickly. Yep. And then and the, you're doing uh, that with. The new Bushnell ones, they also do elevation changes, right? They they don't, but I've had some good discussions with some people at Bushnell, and we are working on uh, some some potential trigonometry uh, for future yeah. advancements and, gotcha. and uh, updates for, to the product. But yeah, they have they have one that measures in feet. They've got one that measures in yards, and uh, they, they shows you the angle of decline or incline. And so you kind of have to do the own math. Okay. Maybe that's what uh, I'm thinking of. Cause I actually, so for work, I work in the blasting industry. And when I set up my seismograph to record all the readings, I have to figure out, okay, which house or structure is closest that's off the property. And so I use a range finder every single day. It's kind of cool. I've gotten very kind of like good with math in a sense when it's, you know, cause it's all in yards. <laughs> that's so pretty like, cool. I got to do it pretty quick. And, uh, but I actually took one of my boss's range finders for the weekend and was using it just in practice rounds, seeing if I enjoyed it. And it is, it's kind of nice. Well, and I'll just speak from an amateur's experience. I've taken my Discraft Comet out to a field and I was like, hey, I'm going to throw this just about as hard as I can, maybe 90%. And I'm going to range find it and range find it and see how consistent it is. And then go, hey man, if I ever need to clear 300 feet to the dot, you throw this disc 90%. And like to your point, that's it really helps with that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, our numbers are increasing. So people are sharing this. Come on, Big Germ. You got this. Sexton thinks he has the record, but Paul Macbeth actually took that one away. So and Hannah and Han well, all you gotta do is get Brody Smith on the show, and you'll just <laughs> obliterate any records you want to yeah. set for yourself. Yeah. So all right. Well, we'll, so we, we'll work we had on that. Brody on Shomez, and like he like tripled the views of even Macbeth. Like Macbeth had the number one. And then we're like, oh, that'll be that'll be unmatched. And then the the very last, the season finale, we had Brody on the show. It was just like crazy. That guy is just he brings people in, man. He does. He's a, he's a, an interesting he's an interesting person to have in a sport <laughs> in any incredible ways. Eventually, we would obviously love. I've talked with him a little bit about it before, <laughs> um, but no, he we cost do. he cost too much. That's the problem. Yeah, he right said now. it was going to be yeah. like. $50 an hour, and we usually run three, four-hour shows. That's not bad, I'm 50 an hour. No, I, I, do you want me to say 
You offered him to say five hundred dollars that you offered. I was just yeah, gonna right? say, yeah. Well, you're you're Jeremy Colling. Like I said, you're way up here. That's not okay. You're, you're yeah, way yeah, up yeah, here. Yeah. You know, no one. We're we're paying you the most. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Hannah, I had to okay. back by the way. Okay. I said Paul and Hannah. Yes. Okay. So Hannah surprise. Here's the deal. So people have been. They're not paying me. <laughs> we're getting. <laughs> clear the air. We're having a good time out here, but now in the live chat, we've got Hannah Macbeth. Uh, we got Nate Sexton. We got Jeremy Colling on the show. We've got Hunter Thomas of Foundation. And Nate just found out he's not the most live viewers ever. He says now he can share. So it's going to bump here in a second. You might get it tonight. But what we're going to do is we're going to jump over. We're going to jump into our first game, which is called Two Truths and a Lie. So let me go ahead and get this queued up here. And we will jump right. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about It's going to be good. Here we go. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Truths and a lie. Can you spot the fake? Okay. That's Nick's favorite intro ever. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay, so the way this works, if you you've participated. I like that. I was I, I like that. <laughs> okay, you've participated in this as one of our two truths and a lie uh participants. Um can we ask the question? And I, again, you don't know if you were wearing pants or not, but the way you followed that up, you said, am I wearing pants? And we all had a good laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah, actually, what was the answer to that? <laughs> yeah, he was wearing pants. thousands want to know. Let's 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 get into it. No, let's get no, into it's it. good. It's good. <laughs> we, we need no, to be left in question. No, I was I was. No, I was I was wearing shorts. I was wearing shorts. So I, it was like a last. You were wearing that came pants. My mind, and I was like, "Oh, this will." It was good. I was not. He was not pants. wearing pants, folks. Was he was not pants. wearing pants. It was good. We all we all had a little laugh. Okay, so here comes the first um, participant. Here they are. What's up, everybody? Thank you for having me on the show. I'm actually really excited to do this, and hopefully, I can come up with a few good ones to throw you guys for a loop. So let's get started. I graduated high school with a 3.7 grade point average. I've never touched the rim of a regulation sized basketball hoop. And I'm related to Neil Armstrong, the first person to ever walk on the moon. Now, okay, hold on I know a second. I threw germ All right, here we go. He says, I know I threw germ for loop. So I had to pause it here. It, I, my, okay. What's your immediate reaction there, germ? Which one's the lie? I am actually like, as well as I know Paul, there's a lot of things like he's a mysterious person. I swear. Like, I feel like I know Paul so well sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, I, I don't even know if I've ever met yeah. him. So like, I was a little, when I saw his face, I mean, he was wearing that outfit yesterday. So he literally just sent the thing in yesterday. Uh, yeah. You said, you dang, said he's, wait, you said he's staying with you right now. Right. Oh. You said he's staying with you. Okay, yes. so yes. let me just kind of X these yes. off real quick. He's definitely, I feel like he's definitely touched the rim. Have you ever seen him play basketball? Uh, yeah, we've, we've played basketball a lot. Actually, he can touch um, the rim. shout out to Jules for my early birthday present. She got me a basketball goal on uh, in our side side of the house here attached to the garage, and I just smoked him in pig yesterday. He's been doing a lot of losing to yeah. me, but anyways, that's yeah. beside the point. Um, Paul and I play a lot of basketball. I could see him in his younger days being able to touch the okay. rim. He says his grade point. And he said that I've never touched the rim, right? Yeah. He said he's never touched the rim on a regulation-sized hoop. Right. So I feel like he has. I, I'm going to guess that's 
I would guess that's the lie. But he, so a three point seven grade point average, I'd give that to him as a truth. Who actually? Oh, never mind. So I, I think. Wait, what? So did he say he was? He's related. Or no, he's related. Selectively intelligent. <laughs> he has. He has a. He has an in, an, an intriguing intelligence because he he wasn't. He doesn't have the intelligence of like things that you don't need. Like he doesn't have the superfluous <laughs> intelligence. It's like you don't. He doesn't need to learn how to spell certain things. He knows how to articulate himself in a, in a decent enough way that he doesn't like concern himself with adjures, ad, ad, adverbs and adjectives and so on and so forth. But he he's very smart. So like I could see him having that three point seven. Look how smart he looks right here. I, I'm gonna say the lie <laughs> is. Yeah, that's a <laughs> <laughs> okay for our listening audience. We just pulled up a freeze frame of him. He looks very smart. Um, I'm kidding, but so you give him the great point. But here's the problem: is he related to Neil Armstrong, the first guy to walk on the moon? Like, I that's, feel like I've never heard that before. That's too random to just come up with, man. That is just like that is too out there. So uh, he, he's he's actually a distant, distantly related to uh, Alyssa Van Lannen. Really, like, it's a second or third. Really, cousin. Oh. okay. I mean, like, just randomly found that out in the last okay. couple of years. So, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think the lie is that he's never touched the room. I think he has touched the room. Nick, what are you going with? I'm going to go with the GPA. Okay, and I'm going to pick related to Neil Armstrong. One of us gets a point here. So, oh, yeah, yeah one of us gets wow. a point. All right, let's go ahead. Cue it up. Here we go. Okay. For Luke, because he thinks I'm an absolute idiot. So, here are my <laughs> answers. I actually did. Graduate high school with a 3.7 grade point average. Pretty solid. And I am related to Neil Armstrong, oh, the first person to ever walk on the moon. My mom's maiden name is Armstrong. My grandpa was Armstrong. And through the avenues of relatives, somehow I'm related to the guy. And then finally, yes, I have touched the rim of a regulation-sized basketball. A few years back, I was 155 pounds in the best shape of my life. And I got way up there and finally touched the rim. Well, thank you guys for having me on the show. Germ, I'll see you in a little <laughs> bit probably. And Nick, good to see you, bud. Thank you guys again. Have a good night. I hope these I hope these were pretty good. <laughs> Wait, so So the lie was to... the rim. He said he's never touched the rim. Oh, he said rim, he's right? never touched the rim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So Jeremy got that one. <sighs> he's related to Neil. He has the grade point. He says that because his last name, maiden last name for his mom's side is Armstrong. Does he actually, <laughs> did he do an ancestry thing and see that he is related to him? <laughs> but like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I he probably has. It. Okay. So we got to continue on, but I'm really interested in this, in awarding Big Germ with uh, the, the most live viewers ever. We're going to have to double check this because we're getting up there right now. So keep up the good work. Here we go. Yep. I swear, I think Paul and Hannah had like 270. I could be wrong. So you hear the, the Nick says 270, so I keep popping it up. I think they had like 275, up. almost 300. But Okay, here we go. This is on with our next guest, Two Truths and a Lie. Here it comes. Hello. I have been highly caffeinated, and I am now prepared to tell you two truths and a lie. Let's begin. Nick Carl, you and I have known each other for a really long time. I feel very strongly that you know a lot about me. And if you've been paying attention, you should do really well at this game. But unfortunately, I was instructed to trick you 
So I have to talk about things that happened before you were in my life. I was cast as Dorothy in my middle school's rendition of The Wizard of Oz. We used a real dog. The first pro disc golfer I ever met was Paige Pierce. The first time I ever had to use my ID was to buy a video game. That video game is Call of Duty Black Ops. Good luck. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, I'm kind of like thrown through such a loop because she's watching right now. And yeah. if I get this wrong, she's... Nick knows Hannah there. very well. Big Germ, I'm sure you've, you've run into her a few times. She does media now as well. She'll be doing it at USDDC. Yeah. I knew her uh, in person here in Massachusetts for quite a while. So uh, let's see. Let's talk through it. Uh, Dorothy. They used a real dog. Um, Dorothy. Can you see Hannah as Dorothy, Nick? Yeah. Young, younger <laughs> Hannah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to – I don't know much – uh, as far as Hannah's acting prowess, and I don't know much about real dogs in place, but I do know that a good way to try to throw a person off is to put a little silly detail in that my first pro I ever met was, and then say Paige Pierce. I'm going to go with that one just because I don't know enough about the others. I'm going to say that her first pro that she met was was someone else. I'm going to risk it all on that one. But, okay, that's that's See, fair to risk it, but I want to yeah. know what she means now we can't get descriptors. She's in the chat room, but what does she mean by met first? Like her first contact ever with a pro? Because that one might be tougher. I feel like I would actually go and say maybe her first actual like meeting, like hi, I'm I'm Hannah or whatever, might be Paige. Um, but her first she was ID'd mm -hmm. for a video game. Yeah. Is she does she play video games, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, we we all used to that's, that's such Yeah, a we used to play Xbox and everything like that. Her family is Dang super it. awesome, but I don't know. What I'm do you pick, like, Nick? <laughs> I'm trying to think when the first time we would have seen pro disc golfers is. And that's why I don't want to say that the first person she met was Paige because, I don't know, I feel like we met, like, maybe Liz Lopez before that first. Dang or, it. You know, I know. Like, uh, Nate Sexton says Paige is true. So I'm I'm going with the video game. That was my call. You're going with the As video that's game? the lie. She made that up. Well, you can't just be getting information oh, from Oh, we the got chat room telling us. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the chat room stuff. <laughs> I already texted Hannah and said, hey, like, what's going on? I got to get a point. I like, I, like, I like how big germ the delay was there. You're like, what are they talking about? And then, wait a minute. So that's excellent. I, so Nick already texted Hannah, too. So. No, I didn't oh, okay. actually right. do that. So I'm, I am going with <laughs> – no, that was okay. – I just had to shout out yeah. Nate. I'm going with Hannah – that's a lie about the video game. You picked Paige. Is that the lie you said? Paige is a lie for Big Germ. I, I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to change my answer because of what was no, said. No, go ahead. I feel like free. It's free. But I, I, I definitely feel like the little details of either was it actually Call of Duty? Right. Black I know. Ops, or was it like Doom or like was you it? You know why you, you know, wonder this? Because you played the game very well. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that I think that she was ID'd the first time she was ever ID'd was to buy a video game, but I'm I'm gonna say that it was actually to buy a different video game. So I'm gonna change my answer and say that it's the video game is the lie. I'm gonna go with she didn't play as Dorothy, she played as someone else. The witch. No, no, no see, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah. No, I'm not uh, going to say that. Man. No, I'm I, think, Hannah, I think you'd play a, a, 
a fantastic dork. I think <laughs> she why would I, make an incredible munchkin. Why am I sweating so much? You say the munchkin, I say the witch. So okay, let's see it. What here? Let's find out. Let's find out what her her lie was. All right, here we go. It was the second one. The first pro disc golfer I ever met was Zoe Andike, and it was at Collegiate Nationals. Man, so devastating. We talked ourselves out of it. Yeah, I was gonna say Jerm Jerm got psyched out. Yeah, I know. Nate, Nate, Nate says, "Dang it!" (laughs) So okay. Wait, so who has points here? Jer- Jeremy's Big the only one with yeah, the point. All right. Yeah. We got one more guest, and um, this one is going to throw us, I think, for a loop, but let's go ahead and take a listen in here and see what we can come up with. What up, guys? Simon Lazar here. Two truths and a lie. Number one, I've never sold a disc that I owned. Number two, I've never bought a disc for myself. And number three, I'm about to knock down this 30-footer. What do you got? So now I have to predict the future in this game. It gets harder and harder. Are you kidding me? Okay. So okay. I, I have a very good idea, actually, on this one. <clears throat> All right. So let's work through this. He says he's never sold a disc that was his. I'm actually going to say that's probably true. I see him as a very nice guy. And if he wanted to get it, someone wanted one of his discs and he was willing to give it, he's going to give it to him. People can be nice and sell their own discs. <laughs> I'm just saying he's the kind of guy, like if I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, if that's the definition of nice, then I'm. I'm no, 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 no. Nice. Jeremy's not a very the definition bad of nice. It's, it's saying like if he was willing, he's he's not going to sell it. He'd either say no, which is not unnice, or he would just be like, yes, you can have it. That's how I see him being with it. Maybe he sold it. I'm saying that's not a lie. Maybe you think it's a lie. <laughs> So I think the lie. I, I, I know, know for. Uh, oh yeah, go, yeah, go. For I it. don't know. I feel like the lie has to be he misses this thirty footer, but because how could he predict that unless he recorded this like four times, or forty times? So that's my predict. That, I'm that, already that part it. right there. That's uh, like we're talking that's... about trick shot master Simon yeah. Lazat. Oh, don't you dare! I'm not playing oh, it. Just, I'm just showing, just showing it. it. So our audio listeners need okay. to see. He said a thirty foot putt. He is on a putting green with a club and ball a golf. ball. Okay. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, so uh, m- what I have is I know that number two is true. Um, I've talked to Simon about this as mo- as recently as MVP. I know that he has never purchased a disc for himself, and unless unless he bought one since then, uh, I'm pretty sure that that is for sure true. Um, and I've actually shared that bit of information uh, on other media sources as well. So I'm putting my reputation on the line, saying that that one is for sure true. Wait, wait. I'm going to say okay. that he has sold- You gave Nick a lot of insight there. Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm what not were you going to pick Nick? now. What were you going to pick? Oh, I'm going to, well. I, after- I, well I, I also said that I put my reputation okay, on line good. there. So he has to trust me that my reputation so, is worth true. something. If I, so pick, if I know, pick number three, that's, that's me saying he's going to miss the putt, right? Because he said, yeah, I'm going to make this putt. He says, I'm going to make this 30 footer. And I'm saying that's a lie, which means he misses it. No way. Well, I know I number I know for a fact he's never sold a disc. And Jeremy said clearly that he's never bought a disc, so I'm gonna go with number three. Okay, we pick number three. Big Germ picks the lie as what was your lie? Number one. I Oh Nick, your information now I have to trust <laughs> yeah. you. I I'm pretty sure that's the truth. You know what? It would it would be like like to like pose as like, okay, obviously I make every trick shot. And I'm gonna do this trick shot video, and then I'm gonna miss to like throw us off. Ugh. I but like people. 
uh, he's never sold a disc that that was, was his I've, I've seen people come up to him and ask like hey do you have any extra discs in like the trunk of your car that you'd be willing to sell and he's like oh no i'm sorry i i he's given us back i don't sell discs time and time again so okay right and and the reality is is he counting it as his own disc if like he received like uh, an allotment and he sells those are those his own discs like is this I a mean, trick te- question technically it's his allotment they <clears throat> yeah. would be his discs i'm gonna go with three all right i think three he the big butt. germ I've, are you changing we'll I've, let you change but where are you going he's going we're all going number three we're saying he misses it three. we're all saying he misses it so let's pull it up and see what happens i hate to see this can you give us the commentary on this big germ i can barely see it it looks great it's too long of course I wouldn't miss the putt, guys. Come on. Guys, of course I've bought a disc before. Even for myself. See? That was the lie. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. How are we I, so stupid? No, like in I, hindsight. I knew for a fact that he had never sold a disc before. I, I 100% knew that because literally we were playing around a golf together recently. And it, <sighs> someone asked him, hey, can I buy a disc off you? He's like, no, I'm sorry. Do not sell discs. And then Big Germ, putting his reputation <laughs> on the line, says, well, Simon's never bought a disc before. So clearly he misses the very hard putt that he just absolutely perfected. So twice now, Jeremy has screwed my points. And he's still winning. <laughs> big Germ. He won. I, he won. He's our true, oh, true, little eye winner. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> don't even don't even be mad because you won the game. I guess <laughs> there was only that's called gamesmanship. Yeah, boys. you got oh. one. That's all you needed, and you did it. You guys gotta learn something from what happened tonight. You know, like maybe even Hannah can learn a little bit of the acting skills that I just put on display tonight. Like I truly seem like I was really disheartened. Uh, no, that's me winning, and that's what winning looks like. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I think I was you're a little upset that you did get too wrong. So, Nick, are we ready to call it that big? Are we ready to call it big germ has brought the largest live audience ever? Are you ready people, to call it? People are saying there's 300, 302. I see 289 in my little eyeball thing. But honestly, congratulations yeah. to Jeremy Colin <laughs> right now, because I think you do have the largest amount of live viewers. This is just a testament to how much you guys have done to to grow the show and man what, what an honor it is well awesome. now that now that jeremy <laughs> just beat me at once again my own game on a podcast i'm gonna have to get brody smith here so that he beats jeremy's <laughs> record of live viewers wow okay so simon so we're, we're we're gonna go ahead and say this i put my reputation on line that i trust simon and now i have to say that i don't trust simon he just told me that he has never purchased a disc he, when he was young and he first started he said his dad bought all of his discs. So shout out David. Yeah. And then he said when he was good enough to be sponsored, he got all his discs for free. And so I don't know at what point he decided that he was going to start buying discs, but it was either after he told Look at that face. Is that face lie to you? Is that is that face lying to you? Scoundrel. <laughs> all right. Know. Not going to lie, though. That was a really good putt. That was actually very impressive. You so next week he's... But, Next yeah. week he's live in studio. At least that's I, I. I don't want to throw him under the bus. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna call him tonight. Yeah, call him right now on the air. Okay. Yeah, no, do you don't that. have to do that. Okay. So we're gonna move into our next segment. Congratulations, by the way. There is no prize for that except for you get the honor of getting that win. This one, there will be a prize for the winner. Yeah. And uh, I, so, oh, actually, yeah. funny thing about this. <laughs> so whoever wins the judge that disc golfer game, which is usually. The guest, uh, I always owe them lunch because it's it's me against the guest. And so if I lose, I owe the other person lunch. Okay. If they lose, which never happens, they owe me lunch. Well, so for MVP, 
I paid for Paul's lunch, Simon's lunch, and Eagle's lunch. <laughs> no, so I have I have ponied up <laughs> on three different people so far. I still owe probably uh, another 16. He owes 15. another dozen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go. We're going to jump into it. I have paid for some, though. All right. We're going to jump into it right now. Judge that disc golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. Hey, man. My name is Matt. You're on the Nick and Matt show. What's your name? Matt. Matt. Yep. All right. So we're going to be judging Matt today, everybody. No. Yep. So here's how it works. We're going to ask you some questions, but first we want to get to know a little bit about your disc golf game. Okay. So Matt, how long have you been playing disc golf for? Started 10 years ago in Alaska. Um, I was in the army and I was mountain biking in the state forest. And then there was just discs flying around. I didn't know what I would, what it was or anything. Everyone's probably yelling at me like, who's this freaking mountain biker? Uh, but I was like, oh, this looks cool. So I started playing and then got out of the army and I haven't played in a long time. This is like the first real year I'm back in it. It's been great so far. Okay, so you're back in it, but you started about 10 years ago. Have you ever competed? No. No competitions. Do you have a PDGA number? No. Okay, so no rating associated with that. No competition. No. All right, I'm trying to think if there's any other way we could get to know you. Oh, so you're from Massachusetts. Yeah. Is Maple Hill your home course? Starting this year, yeah, because I work up the street, so. Okay, so what layout do you typically play when you come here? Whites. Okay, so typically the whites, and can we get a feeling on your round? Do you keep track of par? I'm usually between two to six over. Okay, two to six over, so that gives Nick and whoever our guest is tonight an idea about your rounds. All right, so we're gonna start out like this. How far can you throw a disc? All right, so this is how it's played. We asked him how far he can throw a disc. So just based off of what you see, you heard, um, we always make Nick go first. He's he's in-house. So, Nick, what do you think he's going to answer? I'm awful at this game. <laughs> Not going to lie. I'm just going to go straight up with that really quick. And uh, <laughs> my guesses are usually very far from off. So I'm going to go with 325 feet. 325 yeah. feet. Ah. So now you get more or less big germ. I don't need to tell you how to do this. You get the over under if you want that. So, yeah. Oh, I'm going under. I'm going under here, Matt. Uh, that's a big guy. He's got the army experience. He's gripping that putter like it's like a mini. Um, <laughs> but he's playing the whites. And I think he's playing the whites for a reason. I'm, I'm going to go under. So do I have to say you got to pick a yeah, number? Just, just pick a number because it will be a tiebreaker at the end. Whoever was closest, if we run into a tie, so okay. pick a number. I'm gonna say 310 feet. Okay, 310, 325 to Nick. Let's go ahead and find out what Matt's answers were. About 330. Okay, 330 feet. Thank All you. right. Thank you. Ooh. Yeah. So nice, dude. <laughs> Nick, he starts out, he goes, I'm just going to start out by saying I really suck at this. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) it's taken him 19 episodes, 19 segments or however many we've done. And he's just about nailed it now. He's going to be the best judger to this disc golf ever. I think honest, honest to goodness, I think Nate Sexton was the best judger of the discers because the way he analyzed everything was just like, okay, it was insane. All right. So he's seen a lot. He's been around for a while. Yeah. He was actually one of those chuckers one day, too. So, exactly. yeah, I guess. we. All are right. Here we go. We're I can't get... celebrate too early, though, because uh... <laughs> here, here we go. Question number dose. 
question number two. If I was to give you 10 putters and you were to stand at circle's edge here at hole 18, okay, so about yeah. 10 meters out, yeah. how many of those putters are going to make their way into the basket? Okay. We give them 10 putts, and I don't remember. I think we actually might have given them 10 putts after, but we, we're not going to share that right now. <laughs> and that doesn't matter because what was his answer? What was his answer? How many putts he would make from circle's edge with 10 putters in hand? Uh, specifically here at hole 18 of Maple Hill, the putting green. So at circle's edge, what does he answer? Big Germ, you're up first. I really wanted to say three at first, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to four. Oh, putting Nick in a tough spot. Yeah, here. that's such like a good number. I think the over under is three and a half. That's the over under, and I went I went over on four. All right, Nick, you're up, man. You're you're becoming better at this game. What do you think he answers? It's so weird because if I say three, I feel like I'm rude. If I say five, <laughs> I feel like that's not a good this answer. This game is called Judge <laughs> so, That Disc I know. Golfer. I just feel bad whenever it's like because half the time the people are actually watching in the chat, and I and to don't be clear. Wanna... We ask if they're okay coming on the show, yeah. and they say yes. So feel free to answer. I'm going to go with the like. under. I'm going to go with three. Okay. I swear if it's Ooh. five. I'm gonna Let's see what happens. Here comes the answer. I would love to say way more than it's true. That's one part of my game I really wish I could work on and get better at. Um, three. Oh, okay. let's three. go. His answer is three. <laughs> Big germ. You said I want to say three, but I'm gonna change it. You had uh, the opportunity. If if honestly it, I, this has been like the, the story all night. If if big germ had said three, <laughs> I a hundred percent was gonna say four. So when oh, he said four, man. I was like, I I can't say five. I can't do it. <laughs> oh man. You essentially elaborated on on my feelings exactly. I didn't want to say three because I was like, I'm trusting big guy. Yeah. I'm trusting him right here. He's gonna come through. He's gonna he's gonna do online internet right. stats, yeah. and he's gonna right. Yep. But it's actually three. Oh, I'm laughing over here. This is a good time. I don't know how Nick is sniping these right now. He does never <laughs> does yeah. this never. So let's see what happens with question number three. Here it comes. Now, actually, I see you got some cool disc golf. I mean, not disc golf. You got some cool tattoos. I do. <clears throat> All right. So you are a guy who likes ink on his body. If you were to get a disc golf tattoo. Oh boy. All right. Now, here's your four options. Would you get an individual basket? Would you get a putter hitting the front rim of a basket? Would you get Tasmanian Devil 360 drive? Or would you get a cool disc golf phrase, maybe one of your favorites, or something like death putt or grip it and rip it? It's got to be one of those four. It's got to be one of those four. Okay, so this is the game. We give them four options. And can I just laugh again about last or two or three weeks ago? We had a guy say he would pick the disc golf phrase. Oh, no, it was Chris Dickerson. Yeah. We, we actually had Chris as judge of the disc golf. It was hilarious. And he says... He would like say like I do all this and for what or something like yeah. tattooed on himself. I do all this and for what? <laughs> all right. So mm. what what tattoo does he pick, Nick? He kind of chuckled when you said the Tasmanian Devil, but three putts means he potentially is missing a lot of putts low. But does he want to get a disc golf cage with a low putt tattooed on himself? A doink. I'm gonna go with that one though. I'm gonna go with a doink putt. All right, so this is the first time, by the way, that we don't have a number guessing here. 
We do allow for multiple guesses on this because it's not a number game. So if you would like to, you can. You can choose whatever you'd like as far as this. The same goes for the uh, next question as well. Okay, so the what was the Just first a single option? basket. Do you remember? Single basket. Um, the front rim, cage putt, yeah. uh, Tasmanian Devil 360 drive, or a disc golf phrase of his choosing. I think the low putt thing would uh be more aesthetically uh <laughs> in line with the artwork that he has i don't see him getting a phrase um i don't think the tasmanian thing would happen just the the military background it kind of takes away from the humor of the low putt and the tasmanian and i don't think that he's getting that phrase i think he's just going to go the single disc golf basket nothing nothing too frilly very serious he's going to get it right there on the shoulder Maybe right above, uh, right, right there in the tramp stamp, the butterfly area, or on the calf. <laughs> like um, those are the three places he'd get the disc golf. All basket. right, let's see what happens. Let's see if Nick can continue his streak, or if it ends here. Here we go. Question three up. Probably the disc hitting the basket. Okay. Uh, disc no! hitting the front rim of the basket. That's my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Nick. What has gotten into the the know. live audience right now? The new participants are like, Nick is just amazing at yeah. this show. Everyone else is, their jaws are wide oh open. Oh my God. I don't know. It's not nice. How do you I feel, am, Nick? How do you feel right now just beating our guest? You don't do this very often. How does it I, feel? I've literally done this guests? once <laughs> out of 19 shows, and it was to one of my close friends. Literally, Big Germ. We This is only our 19th show, but he literally has only won one won time. Once. I think I tied. That's not to say you're doing bad. That's to say something's gotten in there and he's just guessing right on the money. So my, my instinct is to go as far away from Nick's answers as possible. Yet, for some reason, he's answering everything so correctly yeah. that I should just be, you know, like he's the Let's do this. He's the leader. I need to follow the leader. Let's do know. this. Let's do this for this final question. We're going to give you triple the points. If you can get it, it ties up Nick and we go to the tie. <laughs> the show just wants me to okay. lose. All right. Here we go. Question number. I think this is the last one. Let's see. If you were to play your first competitive round one day and unfavorable weather was predicted, would you rather it be 20 mile an hour winds, maybe gusting more at times, yeah. heavy to moderate rain the whole round, or snow? Think like a blizzard. <laughs> Think like a blizzard. So, uh, big germ, no pressure here. You get this one right, we go to sudden death, the tiebreaker. Man, uh, he did his military in in Alaska. That's where he found disc golf. I don't think the snow's going to bother him so much. But that was my first instinct, which has been incredibly wrong. <laughs> don't so, go, don't uh, go with your first I, instinct. I, wait, no, his first instincts have been right the whole night. Actually, okay, they have oh. been right many All times. Right. It, it, whatever whatever my last instinct is that's what i shouldn't go with uh, yes. so whatever i any any of the processing that goes through yeah. my mind right now i should just throw it away and just pick something randomly out of all right you got three options i don't think he's going to that wind because it's not going to help his putting i'm going to say that his first competitive round what does he choose he would rather play nobody wants to play in the snow i'm going to go he's going to He's going to pick at the rain. 
All right, Nick, what do you got? See, we've had two or three people say they would rather play in the snow over the mm-hmm. wind or the rain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such as New Englanders and obviously a guy who did military stuff in Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you got? I, I was going to say rain, but since Jeremy took it, I know I could take it, but I'm not going to because I'm on a roll right now. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Jeremy's initial, I think, answer would have been, but wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> This is he would rather not play in the snow. No, this is what he would choose. He would choose. He would choose to play in the he, snow. He I'll say the snow. the snow. All right. He'd choose to play in the snow. Let's see what happens here. On rain. All right, let's see. Heavy to moderate rain. Rain. I, I knew it was going to be rain. I knew it. So let's do this real quick. The tiebreaker, to be clear, was who was closest on the first guess of how far he threw. So I knew Nick. We weren't throwing it away for you. Congratulations, oh, yeah. Nick. I didn't even think about that. Congratulations, actually. Nick. We, big germ came back to tie it in the end, but you were closest with the first. Congratulations, Nick. Let's close out. Let's close out that game show right. real quick. Thank you for being Congrats. on the show. Have a great day. Thank you. See, we not only paid you to be on the show, we paid you to lose the game as well. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're double paid today. It was hey bad. I can buy like, I can buy lunch for me and all my friends with that 500 bucks you get yeah. me. <laughs> it was, I would say it's bad for the brand, but I think it's good for the brand if Nick keeps losing. So Nick, you got to stop getting them right now. That was kind of weird. It's I know, that you. was very awkward. But my boy Rocky, yeah, see, proud of you, kid. My boy Rocky over here is like encouraging me. So I need more encouragement <laughs> in my life. And he's giving it. We've got you people doing off and then you got all the other answers, right? I mean, yeah. besides the last one, which you only didn't pick that answer because you wanted to make things interesting. Exactly. Cause like <laughs> you said, no one wants to play in the snow. He doesn't want to play in the wind because of his low putts. Yeah. So rain was the answer, but I didn't want to do the same one. You know, that's yeah. so big germ. We've had people super chat us feeling bad for Nick. And they're like, here's money to pay for those lunches. Like it's <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, it's, you know, that's a bad joke all right well congratulations nick um so we have a win from big germ tonight two truths and a lie and that included one of your best friends in there so it did all right good job good job to jeremy coling there um i think this was a tremendous episode i loved having you on i think like it's one of those things where and i'm not gonna lie like we watch jomez i watch showmez it's like oh cool now look who's on our show Mm -hmm. we've had jonathan gomez and the whole crew there we've had nate like we're just having fun with this and we're so glad that you came on the show we uh hope to continue doing this and we'll have you on again if you if you'll come on again we'll have you on again oh absolutely (laughs) i would love to be on the show and you know i'm a fan of you matt and everything you're doing with kids disc golf and you know we we were following your son's uh experience through disc golf and the way that they're coming up and they're inspiring other kids to play. So that's always really, really cool. And, and, uh, Nick, I'll never forget that night that we, uh, we made music with the yes. whole group for hours in your basement. That was so that fun. Was, uh, that was some incredible experience. Man, so. that, that was such like a disappointing moment for this sure. year during COVID is because I love having a big cook out of my house every year. And the first year we did it actually, me, my dad, Jeremy, and I think one of my other friends, my friend Ben was there and we were playing music, just improvising, having fun. And then Jeremy came up on the microphone and started singing what I think we now call it the Maple Hill Blues. And he just improv singing. And I there's there's got to be a recording somewhere, maybe, but it was so fun. It's such like a happy moment. I love playing music. And when people are joining along playing music too, it's dude, it was so fun. 
talented. Man. So I was just going to be like, oh, let's just cut him loose. But I just remembered something. So you brought up like my son and my brain just went to this. How about, and it's not about you, but how about that Kevin Jones ace? Well, you and I were watching that and it now may be, it may be big germ. It may be the most watched ace ever. It, it, it's on its way, I think, just because of the incredible. So walk through, because we did it, I think, a show or two ago, like what my experience was. Run us through what your experience was with that. I would imagine your experience was more uh, impressed <laughs> by the shot if you watched it, because I actually was just I didn't just say this just to say it. Like I, I didn't see the shot. I, I was off to the left. I didn't either. And I saw the guy fall, and I was absolutely fixated on Kevin Jones and his leg because I saw the corner that he fell on. It was slightly elevated from the the rest of the ground in that spot, and I thought that if he landed on that railroad tide in the, in the wrong way, he might have to drop out of the event. And um, as fun as Skins was, you know, nothing is uh, you know worth. A player getting injured for for the sake of entertainment so i was i was legitimately concerned and i mean i noticed that he got the disc off clean out of his hand but that immediately turned into is my friend okay yeah. and um when when they started saying it went in i i could only assume that it like filtered through the right side and just barely swung in hyzer you know maybe it, it hit some limbs I, I didn't even know if it was true if they were just trying to get a rise out of him i I, I truly didn't believe that it really went in. And then when they mm. continued to freak out about it, it was like one of those moments. I, it just was just truly hard to believe. I mean, those teams oh, were so slick. I hate watching this video. It's just one of the most <laughs> incredible. Yeah. That it just is just so pure to keep a disc straight. Especially a, a distance driver. Thin, I mean, you could just see like I. Yeah, so we don't have audio going on. Yeah, that YouTube is so wildly flipping. But we were just showing so, so our it, our listeners. It, it is yeah to our audio listeners. We were just showing some of the recaps of that, but it was it was incredible. And to your point, Jeremy, my Tanner? experience was actually the same as yours. And I don't know if it just tells it's like a social study, like who's concerned with the pain. But like literally, I was just like, oh no, his tournament's over. Like that's what was going through my head, and I was just watching. But did you see on video coverage? Kevin Jones, while he was holding his leg, he did look up. He watched it go in. <laughs> watched it. He's watching it. He's just like, oh. And then when when uh, when Luke said, <laughs> it went in the bucket. You got an ace on film. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever that funny yeah. quote was that he said. Kevin was like, his immediate reaction was to stand up, check his body, yeah. to make sure that he was okay. And like he was like kind of like shaking yes. a little bit like ow that really hurt though i think the first words out of his mouth was man that really hurt <laughs> and then i think when it when it started to set in that like he just aced one of the most incredibly difficult lines that hit on the course uh i think he started to realize how special what just happened was and i mean to to to, to just get anything out the gap is so cool mm -hmm. to get it to ace on a on a dry tee box is incredible but to fall in one of the most horrific falls i think i've ever witnessed live and to throw those shot at the same time like it deserves every bit of of attention that it gets forever yeah. I, it's one of the most unforgettable things i've ever been a part of you, that, you've that, seen a lot that video has gone very viral like when sports center posted it posted it there were players like old NBA players, Richard Jefferson posted. He's like, I hope that torn ACL was worth it. Like they're <laughs> commenting, saying stuff like that. Yeah. But honestly, like famous, very famous people were commenting and had seen that video. So I thought that was 
you know, thank God Kevin's all right. I mean, he's probably a little bit bruised up from it and all that, but that dang. My comment, he, he never gets anyone to write uh, anything on his discs. No one ever signs his discs when he gets aces. But he knew that that one was special. And so he got us to write something. Oh, I was going to say, disc. I saw that. Yeah. And um, I think Chris. Chris Dickerson, I think, wrote Way to Go Again, Germ. You know, <laughs> yeah, didn't even credit yeah. Kevin for the oh shot. I wrote Way to Not Tear Your Ace CL. Yeah, Ace CL. You know, <laughs> and it was, yeah. And so, like, it was all about, like, just, you know, way to not basically ruin your entire disc golf life. But if he yeah. did, he would have gone out on top. <laughs> yeah. You know, and who can never say that the last shot ever was an ace? Not many people. So but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was, was incredible. Special. I just remembered it when you mentioned my son and you, we were, we were getting ready to send you out because my son walks out of the background. So when they show the catch cam, you see Hunter, he's leaning over and he's just like, I'm watching that disc the whole way. You can see him leaning around. He just watches it go in. He's like on the way home. It literally on the way home. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't see that. I, I'm just going over. I can't believe I didn't see that. I'm at the tee pad. Right. And, and he goes, he's on the way home going. I can't believe that went in. I can't believe. It. So like, it was an amazing experience. I'm glad I was there with you, with him. Yeah. It was just awesome all around. So, yeah. um, thank you again for coming on the show. We will have you back on. Some of our guests are like in a regular, like circulation, but we'll figure it out with you. We can't do it with everybody, like a regular circulation, but We'll figure it out. Big Germ, where can the people find you on social medias? Uh, usually the most active thing that I have is just I post stories almost daily on Instagram. So go to Big Germ DG, as in Big Germ Disc Golf, and uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm approaching 50K followers. I'll probably do something pretty special for that. Um, do a big giveaway. And, um, on, you know, obviously I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't do Twitter or anything else. So primarily just Instagram mm -hmm. right now. Um, and like I said before, make sure you check out the end of the tour series program. Uh, that's a huge part of, uh, of, of the star team's income and the champion team's income. So if you can support someone that you appreciate and that you want to say, Hey, you're doing a good job. I like you. Where it matters to you. For awesome. Sure. Jeremy, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We've now officially had the big, sexy commentary team on our show. Not at the same time. Maybe we'll do that one day. Maybe next year we'll have them both live in studio with us. Who knows? But, sure. dude, super thankful that you were able to come on the show tonight. I love the two truths and the lie. Thank you for letting me get my second win ever. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, peace out, brother. <laughs> Good welcome. luck the rest of your tour. Thanks, tell guys. tell Yuli he uh, stumped us and you can yeah. you can get him back tonight. Tell but... Yuli we, we got to have Yuli on the show soon. No, yeah, we've actually been talking to him. Yeah, so all right, he stumped you guys. All right, he can't stump me. I know him exactly. Too well. <laughs> Good luck at USDGC, Jonesboro, wherever you're going. Good luck, the best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Bye. All right, all right. So that was Big Germ, also known as Jeremy Coling. If you yeah. want to go that direction with it. That was totally fun. It was very fun. I think he honestly, he apparently he peaked over 300 people tonight. Yeah. And I actually pulled it up because I was kind of interested. Yeah. It looks to me like our peak with Paul. Now here, I thought about this stat because I am a stat guy, right? Our peak with Paul was like 279. Paul and Hannah. Man, I keep saying that. It's it's the Macbeth yeah. show. Yes. When I say that, I, I shouldn't just say Paul. <laughs> By the way, I'm getting sidetracked, sidetracked, sidetracked. Yeah. Hannah's voice on our show is I don't know if you listened to it yeah. back, but it's just like it's so much better than all of our voices. It was just like I literally texted yeah. her. I said, Your voice on our show sounds 
amazing. <laughs> so, okay. So it's not that we don't appreciate her. I just keep saying Paul. Um, so going to that show, 279 live. Now I know our audio listeners are right now are just like, we're droning on in the background yeah. as they drive their car. Okay. Yeah, watch yeah. out, watch out for that truck next to you, by that's the way. That's part of, that's part of podcast though, is just listening like, in the background. Yeah. It's not, everything doesn't have to be so set in stone. Well, like, could we me, just start saying names like, Hey Mark and Mark's driving his yeah, car maybe. and he's like, Whoa, you they're know, talking hey, to me. Shout out to Dave. I don't know. Dave, thanks for listening. Zach. We appreciate it. All right. So yeah. here's the deal tonight and we're going to have to double check, but I did see it get up over 290 in my box. It'll tell us later where it ended up. But it's definitely more than what my recount showed. So congratulations. But here's the thing, Nick. Every episode, we get more followers. So realistically, every episode, we could potentially. Honestly, Simon might take it in week 20. <laughs> Who knows? Just, we, yeah, every week. We, it we, we, hope it, we hope it keeps growing. I mean, we appreciate everyone that is tuning in live. Obviously, I love reading the comments. I love kind of talking with people throughout the live chat. And uh, no, we just want to say thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Matt and I are having a blast doing this, and we do have a couple more things we're going to talk about. You ready? I don't have to go to work tomorrow, so all right, I'm playing an A tier, but I am tomorrow. down. Yeah, all I'm right. down to keep on talking. All right, cool. So, you know what? We get comments all over the spectrum. The length of our show may not be for you. That is cool. Like you said, yeah. if you're at this point in the show and you're like, hey, Big Germ was there, we would love for you to stick around, mm -hmm. offer your conversation, your points, your comments, whatnot. But if that's not your thing, cool. We appreciate you coming in for the first part. Oh, before I get into the topics too, we just keep getting sidetracked. I checked out our iTunes ratings today, right? Like mm -hmm. actually the first time since we've been asking people to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. And someone's going to go ruin it for us right now because yeah. I'm going to talk don't. about this. But it was all five stars. Now, Dang. I can say it was only 20 reviews. Now, I'm not going to throw out all of our numbers of how many listens we get per week, but it is a very good number. I'm very happy with the listens we get every week. Mm -hmm. And the number 20 for reviews is very low, very low. Yeah. So, but the comments, people did write reviews. They were, they were honest, but I appreciate the honesty. Mm -hmm. It was good. And they still gave us a five star. Yeah. So there's obviously, there's going to be things that Matt and I are going to be improving. Like tonight we are having a little bit of audio stuff. So yeah. But we're obviously we're changing around the studio. Matt's been super like on top of everything. And we're going to keep trying to make this show quality wise the best that it ever can be, you know, in all of disc golf podcast. We want to have good sound. We want <laughs> to just, have you just set us up now, dude. I'm we're trying to judge set the bar so high. Hard. I, I, I won't judge that disc golfer tonight. I'm, I'm on a roll. So. <laughs> all right. So. Oh, by the way, Hunter Thomas technically owed me lunch and he actually Venmoed me. Ten dollars just now. Really? Like, yeah, because he was talking about. It. He's like, I'm That's... pretty sure I've owed you lunch for a couple months. Is did we did we agree to that on the huh? show? Like, whoever loses has to pay lunch, or was I don't it? Think if so. You but lose? I just got a free ten bucks from Hunter, so <laughs> and you're not giving I'm it not back. Complaining. That's awesome. No, okay, so here's the good. topic. I can buy lunch on the way to tournament tomorrow. But yes, let's get back into some disco. Here's the topic. Okay, it's it's going to be relevant. Obviously, there's other stuff to talk about. But right now, this week, it got announced, Nick, USDGC Media. That was the big announcement. Mm -hmm. um, tell us what you know about as far as like the initial announcement. Like, what do you know about that? There's live coverage, which is the main route of watching disc golf. This for uh, USDGC, it's kind of like the main main way to do it is live coverage, and it's you know it's pay per view. Which what's the cost? So for the cheap package, it is $20, and that gets you live coverage. 
And then I think at $30, you get live coverage and then there's condensed right after that. So I'm assuming like you and I were talking about that. It's like what Smashbox used to do. And hopefully if someone knows, please comment. I would what actually condensed is. Yeah. Is it, if they, the they haven't is like announced a smash it. cut, they, yeah. they literally haven't given details because I think they're trying to hold on. To yeah. That. But then there was, it was 40 or $50. Do you remember the price of it? I don't know. Maybe, 40. I don't know. I think it was 40 or $50. Oh yeah. There was also because you get a commemorative disc. Yes. I don't know if that's the $30 one. And there's or... only going to be 500 of those discs available. Oh, so that's pretty sweet. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting. So honestly, one of 500 discs and you're paying $30 to be able to watch a major, the only major that's happening this year for the FPO and the MPO. And you get a commemorative disc. I mean, honestly, 30 bucks. If that's what comes in that package, that's not bad at all. Even this is like, I've seen on Facebook already so much hate going towards <laughs> disc golf doing pay-per-view and everyone is so like, grow the sport, grow the sport, grow the sport. And then when people try to grow the sport in a certain area, it's like, oh my gosh, don't grow the sport. Like I've said it before. We are beyond spoiled with Joe Mez pro gatekeeper gk pro central coast all these people who do incredible post round production that when the cost of <laughs> hey you have to pay eight dollars ten dollars five dollars a month to the disc golf network to be able to watch live coverage people are just blown away on how disc golf could even ask them for eight dollars a month but nick it's oh, there's just so much mixed into this we had jomez on a few weeks ago and we talked to them about like hey live and we say there's room for both but let's talk about what this event has. Does this event have room for both? And I, I will give some credit here. Um, my understanding, and I listened to another disc golf show. Um, I listened to a lot of disc golf podcasts. Um, but I listened to one with Ian Anderson on it. Mm -hmm. CC, uh, yeah, DG. Central Coast. And they are doing post-production. But it's not going to be released. I think it's for 10 days. So... I want to say, and this is where my my thought topic comes, comment, think about this, tell me if I'm crazy, guys. Nick's going to do the same right now. USDGC is a major, so the PDGA owns the event, or at least the title. It seems to me that Innova owns the event, so there's a title and there's an event, mm -hmm. okay? Um, during COVID, there's no spectators allowed. Um, the only way to watch this event and to not have a quote unquote spoiler, if you will, like a lot of people like to, you know, say, uh, I don't like spoilers mm -hmm. is to pay the money to watch this. Now, I, from a standpoint of commerce and market, free market and all that, think they can charge whatever they want. That's not what my conversation is going to be about. My conversation right now is more about. It's a PDGA major. So let me just spit it all out. It's a PDGA major. So the PDGA owns the title. Do they have an obligation to provide is the media? What's the media's relation to the event? So like Innova can charge whatever they want for this. What if Innova, let me, oh, I'm really stumbling here. I'm having a hard time. What if Innova decided, and this is crazy, right? It'd be bad for their business. But what if Innova decided we aren't doing any media? And we aren't letting anybody do any media. And it's a PDGA major and it's during COVID. This is just for sake of dis yeah, discussion. This is a big what if. This is just yeah. a sake for discussion. We're not saying that this is no. ever going to happen. This for <laughs> But what if that happened? Watching, this is it's a, a PDGA major. So 
Could have, they do that? I'd have to assume. Could they charge a thousand dollars and say we're going to let you know twenty people on property and that's it? No one will ever see coverage. No, could they do that? The only reason I want to say no to that is because unless the PDGA was doing that, but I'm pretty sure the way that the system works is that you have to bid on a major. And I think Innova always usually gets kind of like the first go at it with the USCGC because they've been doing it for so long. I'm not 100% sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure if Innova was to go and say, oh, yeah, by the way, it's going to cost $1,000 for pay-per-view. And then the PDGA is like, oh, my God, we're going to get zero numbers of people actually watching this. So, no, we're going to send this over to Discraft or. But this is now I'm saying PDGA majors. So you're right. You're bringing up PDGA majors. But like USDGC is an it's its own wild animal for anybody who doesn't know. Innova has owned this event for over 25 years. Do they technically? I I don't want to use the word own because it could technically get if a different sponsor could sponsor the event. No, but I think Innova gets the first bid at it. I don't think so. Here's the deal. If correct me if I'm wrong, if the PDJ was to say, no, we aren't granting you the title this year. You say Innova just goes, okay, it's not ours. No way. Innova's going to be like, we've done this for 25 years. It's our event. And we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep that's calling it United States champ, Disc Golf Championship. The PDGA and Innova have the relationship as in they are the first ones to be known. Where it's like, PDGA, this is all potential, guys. Not the exact answer. <laughs> I know this. But the PDGA, from what I think and feel like I've kind of learned, is that the PDGA goes up to Innova and says, hey, do you guys want the United States Disc Golf Championships again this year? Why would Innova ever say no to that? But I'm so then saying Innova ponies up the money to rent out Winthrop. They pony up the money for all the staff and everything like that. That's all Innova. Why would Innova ever say no to that? Right. But I'm saying the opposite direction. What if Innova starts doing things like we said, charging an, an irrational amount of money for something? Right. And I, this yeah. is all hypothetical um, to where nobody could see it or they just said no media for like no post production ever. Like, then I and, think I think at that point. The PDGA would just say, hey, these are this is the contract that you want us to sign to allow you to use this event. Absolutely not. We're not signing. And I'm that. saying and that Innova would say we're still doing the event. And here's here's why I say that. I have a little bit of insider yeah. knowledge, a little bit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you go look up the URL and now I'm talking website domains. Yeah. Who owns USDGC? It's Innova. Who owns the trademark USDGC? It's Innova. Yeah. The PDGA can say they own the title, but I don't think they do. And so I'm obviously getting really deep in the weeds here. Mm-hmm. But my point is, when you hear this, no spectators and media is pay-per-view only mm-hmm. and you have to wait two weeks. I'm like, wow, they're going to and just being honest, and I'm not anti this, but they're going to rake in the cash. I don't care how many people are screaming right now that they won't pay it. You're going to pay it. I'm going to pay it. Because I want to. Yeah. But I'm saying like, and am I saying knock on them because they're going to get a lot of cash? No, I'm saying that just brings up an interesting topic. Yeah. Because I this did. happens at Worlds. The TD walks away with loads of cash yeah. if they do it right. Yep. And so, and that's, I'm not against that. I guess what I'm saying is, does yeah. the PDJ's ownership lead into this at all? Like, do, do they have any responsibility into how much money in a venue can make? And especially when it comes to media. I've never ran a tournament. <laughs> So when it comes to the tournament directing and how you bid out a tournament and everything like that, I, I really don't know. I don't have the legitimate answers. <laughs> and I'm curious. Like, it, it does have me wondering, but. It's just interesting with media. Pay-per-view only. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what I'm going That's kind of like the root of all of this. And yeah, for the people, it, it's so weird. It's like, 
if you were to run a big tournament like you do for the kids disc golf stuff if you were to run you know this year the united states kids amateur disc golf championships whatever why wouldn't i want you to make money off of that you know for how much time and effort you put into that because i know you put in a disgusting you and your brother do an insane amount of time and effort into running your large events that you have run even if you only make 150 bucks or you make five grand i don't care why would i ever be mad that you worked your butt off and made money off of it that's where like there are so many people in the disc golf community who are like oh these guys are running big pdga majors and they're taking money from it if you're sleazy about taking money obviously that's a huge no-no like you don't want that in the disc golf community but for someone who's putting it like nate heinold doug bierkis those guys jeff spring when he used to do gmc steve dodge with mvp for the amount of time and effort they put in especially i want to say especially nate and doug it's insane it's literally like a second full-time job for them so why, why would I be mad that they make money off of it? You know, so why <laughs> this is you, a podcast? Yeah, I'm obviously like if if someone wants to know my opinion, I think the event is is a product that they have created. They can sell it. The only interesting point I was trying to bring was what happens when the event decides that their product is going to be super exclusive, but it is a PDGA major. Like it's not just their own event. Like the PDGA, like. It, this is a unique event, but in general, yes. Are we going to start seeing this trend? It, it, I'm not anti it, actually. Yeah. I just feel like it's an interesting topic. Like, so, where is this going? Yeah, kind of what you said earlier about if Innova and PDGA couldn't reach an agreement, then technically Innova wouldn't be running a major. And then it's like, okay, I'm running the United States Disc Golf Championships, but it's technically now at this point less than a C tier. Yeah, but you know what? I know it obviously. It's already an X tier. Which it's is a, it's less... an X tier, but it's still a PDGA major where the payouts are still like the percentage <laughs> so, of money is still so there. They could do their own. Now that now we're off in thicker yeah. weeds. What if yeah. what if Innova decided we're going to do we don't want to do the PDGA payout and they do this themselves? You heard it out of Big Germ. You heard it out of Nate Sexton. It's the event's prestigiousness. It not the PDGA. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not anti PDGA. Do not hear that. Anybody that's watching right now or listening. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm good relationship with a lot of the guys there. Um, had good conversations with the mm-hmm. director, everybody, operations. I, it's not that's not what I'm talking about. This is yeah. literally just discussion. I think that that is an event, the USDGC, that could stand on its own. Literally, if it wanted to break ties and say we are not a major, everyone would still treat it like a major. The payouts would be there, the quality would be there because Innova runs an event like that. I guess what I'm saying is, how does this concern the PDGA at all? That events could choose is there a media criteria i guess what i'm saying so for worlds what if the world's owner said like now not that world's td would want to do this but what if the world's td was like yeah we're gonna charge 50 dollars pay-per-view and you can't watch worlds for a couple weeks or ever like does the pdj step in at that point be like no you have to Mm -hmm. what if it's too late at that point so like maybe i don't have enough information yeah i'm assuming the way that the bidding works is that there's a legitimate setup contract with how everything goes down and i think if the pdga was to say no i don't like that contract you're doing too many things that are outside of how we view we want to grow the sport and everything like that then i think the pga like you know say in 2022 i put up massachusetts for a bid to run world same thing though i say okay we're gonna play maple hill we're gonna play pyramids hundred dollars pay-per-view to watch it and the pga is like you like that hundred dollar amount don't you yeah. Nick? it's in our intro too yeah you pay a hundred dollars it's just you know um but yeah they could say you know well that's an absolute joke 
Yeah. So no, Massachusetts will not get the 2022 PDGA. But this World wasn't released until three weeks before the event. But I'm sure it's probably in the contract. But you remember what Steve did with the volunteer thing? It's to create chaos, and that's what gets people talking about it. And that's where, uh, yeah, it's true. Everyone's talking about it. But let's this, turn the conversation. Yeah. This, here's here's where the conversation turns. I actually believe, and here you're getting my actual my thoughts on this. I actually believe that what Anna is doing is amazing mm-hmm. because if they don't do, okay, here's my, here's my prediction for the future. Them doing this, you're going to see a couple things and an awesome product, Fulcrum Media. They've done this before. I enjoyed the product. They're going to only get better at it. Okay. Yep. I've heard that there's going to be at least six cameras, probably seven, maybe more. So that what that means is a uh, lead card or feature card, chase card is getting full coverage live and a roaming camera to go catch anybody that's doing hot yep that is incredible actually never been done that i'm aware of in live disc golf stream so that's awesome well, and that's pro, what you're going to get the pro tour now does a roaming camera but they don't do seven cameras no they obviously they do don't four cameras they or do five. yeah two two i think there's five okay i want to say there's five okay so okay but that's another thing you know so Inibo, Inibo wants to charge 20 dollars for pay-per-view and now we're going to get seven cameras how sick this is, is that? my point. So what I'm trying to get to here is to say that what Innova is doing, that here's my prediction for the future. Disc Golf Pro Tour was probably already had it on their interest list to say we need to continue. I've heard it that they want to get more cameras for next year. If USDGC does this, like Disc Golf Network, if you will, or Disc Golf Pro Tour, they probably feel like we have to now. Like we have to keep getting better. Um in fact, some people are probably concerned Disc Golf Network would charge more. I'm okay with that if the product keeps getting mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. To me, it's worth $8 right now a month. That's what it's worth to me. And um, if uh, this goes back to how much would you pay to play around, Nick? Yeah, how, much how much would, would I pay, pay to watch the live coverage? Exactly. Um, here's a game. I'm going to say I, people are going to think I'm just like you. They're going to think I have loads of money. Yeah. But here's the deal. I'd probably pay $20 a month right now. See, I probably would. Because I I do love the live product so yeah. much. I'm not saying it's where it needs to be exactly, yeah. but I love it. See, You're not in the it, same place. No, no, no. It's weird because like I am, but I'm not at the same time. Like it's weird. Like if someone told me, yeah, hey, the only way you can watch USCGC is to pay twenty dollars, I'd be like, okay, that's if that's really the only because I'm not going to it this year, you know, which is unfortunate because that is a trip that I kind of like to take every single year. You know, I watch my friends play and everything like that, but. $20, honestly, that's not, you know, a lot of money. If you were going to go to the event, you've been down there. Yeah. Was there an entrance fee to spectate? There had to have been something. I don't know. I'm going to say I'm friends with Paul McBeth. I know. I know. I want to say that. I don't, I don't think that's got me any favors when it comes to that. But I'm not sure. <laughs> but though, maybe honestly. that one thing. No. But here's know. the deal. I'm sure they're losing out on so much vendor income. Just like we said with Steve Dodge and MVP. Yeah. This the end of a pro shop there isn't even going to be open from what I heard. I literally, this is my point. I literally don't care. They, it, it's, it is capitalizing on COVID. <laughs> like nobody's going to be there, and so they are going to get people to pay. I am totally for it. Um, I will pay. It was just a conversation for the sake of having it. How does this look in the future? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is the ripple effects, if you will? Um, any good comments coming in, Nick? Um, before we move on to our next uh... topic here. Someone did say that I think Matt is 100% correct. Innova owns USCGC. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure on it, but 
Uh, they set the payout scale. Always great time listening. Thank you, Alex. PDGA should own their own should own their product. Oh, going down, down, down. Um. Okay, so here's here's our next topic. Well, let me do a quick transition. People are going to complain. How how are the spoiler people? As the people who always go spoiler, you know, they always comment that. Yeah. How are they going to last this? They can't last ten days. Exactly. There's no they way they won't be able to last this golf <laughs> in the next five years because I think it will majority. Like for me, I used to be huge on. Yes, I absolutely, I still do. I absolutely love post round coverage, and I love going back and watching 2015, 16, 17 post round coverage. I'm beyond thankful that we even have that. But now that U disc became a thing in live scoring, if I'm not at the tournament watching it in person. You bet your butt that I'm looking at the U-Disc the whole time. So I kind of already know what happens when I'm watching the post-round production. Like, oh, yeah, I know that Uliberry takes a three on this, and I know Jeremy takes a six. Now at that point, I'm just, you know, they're off the fairway, off the fairway. Like, U-Disc has become so advanced that I can literally picture the hole in my mind of like, oh, yeah, they're off the fairway, off the fairway. And it's like post-round production is good because then I can actually really see what happened. But live – I love live. So I love live too. And I was chuckling to myself, not, not at people's expense here, but that this is going to be one of those events where like either you pay the money and watch it live or you get spoilers because there's no way you're disconnecting for 10 days until CCDG puts out their product, which I think is pretty cool. Speaking of that, before we move on, Ian Anderson and Philo, Ian Anderson and Philo are actually doing live commentary. That's a first ever. Very cool. In my opinion, that's very cool. They're doing live commentary. And for the FPO, gotcha. you know who's doing it? Who? I haven't seen any. Really? Yeah. Hit up your friend Hannah. Hannah and uh, Juliana Corver. Live yeah. FPO coverage. That's it. Uh, uh, commentating. Yeah. So, no, literally, I haven't, you know, I had a long, stressful day at work today. <laughs> Not going to get into it. But... I haven't really seen. I haven't been yeah. up to date except for what you've uh, texted me. I, throughout the I day. was driving. I actually yeah. came back from New Jersey, so I had some time to listen to media. So yeah. that's what I did in preparation for tonight's show. So, all in all, a lot of cool things. And if, uh, so if you cool listen that... to the first part, but you didn't listen to this part, this is the soundbite that you want to listen to. You're doing great. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Totally appreciate. That it. That is so cool that Hannah's doing that with Juliana Corber. It's funny because I follow Juliana on Instagram, and she posts a lot of freestyle frisbee stuff that she does. But she lately has been posting a lot more when it comes to the U.S. Women's National Championships going on right now. So, cool. I can kind of put two and two together now. So, yeah. Let me say this also. We actually had Johnny V chime in tonight. He chimes in fairly often. He chimed in and and I listened to their exclusive release and announcement because guess what? Smashbox is running what they call a – it's it's complimentary, but it's also like a companion coverage. So, like, literally it's two different channels, if you will. Mm But you're going to get an hour broadcast from Smashbox, Nick. If you're already a Disc Golf Network yep. subscriber, you'll get an hour like before the show starts for USDGC. And they're actually going to be on the grounds of USDGC. So you can literally yeah. watch Smashbox. The whole like pre-show kind of thing is going to be Disc Golf Network. Yeah. And you're going to be able to watch with interviews of players, the whole nine yards. And then the round kicks off. You go to USDGC, watch it there. In between the show, they'll get interviews. They said they'll even be able to, at some points, Disc Golf Network, jump on some cards live. So this is the Disc Golf Pro Tour (laughs) with the Disc Golf Network and Smashbox being the guys that are doing it. So if you already have a Disc Golf Network subscription, you can get like this. You can watch that. Even if you're not going to get USDGC, you'll be in the know. Mm -hmm. You will know what's happening. 
Matt, you want to know what else you get with the Disc Golf Network? <laughs> Shameless plug to my best friend. Party. The Party Podcast. Yeah. With Hannah McBeth and Christine Jennings. Keep up to date. They actually just had five-time world champion Paige Pierce on their podcast. ton of cool things. They had Katrina Allen lately. And uh, yeah, the Party Podcast. Check it out. FPO coverage. Everything there is to know about FPO. Okay. But, yeah. No. So here's here's another topic for you. You ready? This one was really kind of interesting. I'm, I think you as a competitor... We'll have more to say about this. I have a lot to say Maybe. always. I attempt to compete. No, here you go. You've played, and I actually have played, at Fountain Hills. Disc yeah. Golf Pro Tour announced this last oh. week or so their whole tour. And yeah. so did the PDGA, their national tours, all that yeah. stuff. So there's some interesting topics here. One of them being, and we can talk about others too, but one of them being, for the first time in a long time, a long time, the uh, Fountain Hills Memorial Championship is not anymore a part of the tour. Now that event will continue to be successful. I'm sure on its own in its own right and its own way, yeah. but it is now not part of the pro tour. Why do you think that move was made? Nick, you, you talk to competitors. Like what has the conversation know. been in the years past? The course, the course is, I should say, I don't throw far. So obviously I didn't have a phenomenal time when I was there. I played really bad, but it's literally a deuce or die fest at those or birdie or die at those courses like they're not they're not challenging players in the way that they should be challenged i think in disc golf like it's all wide open it's a lot of shots like fountain hills i think it's only a par 56 there's two par fours and you're literally just throwing open hyzer open hyzer open hyzer into an you know open anheuser open anheuser i i just don't think and i'm you know, kind of glad that the Pro Tour is hopefully getting some standards on what the courses should be for the Pro Tour. Because when you do have outside people looking at our sport and you're seeing the same, you know, holes one, two, and three at Vista is just, or two, three, four is just hyzer, hyzer, hyzer. Like that's not, it's fun to watch in person because they're doing impressive things that I can't do. So obviously that's fun. But to the average person who wants to watch people, you know, hit lines throughout the woods, the Memorial isn't a fun tournament to watch at all. So, so that is what I always understood it to be. Yeah. I also heard that the, and this was through, I think a media release, maybe somewhere pro tour, or I, I, I dive around a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And one of them said that the pro tour had had a discussion with the TDs out there at the course and said, Hey, for safety reasons, we would need this to be adjusted. Certain things, especially like the course being, or the park, if you will, being shut down. So there were not spectators. Um, it had to do with safety reasons and they weren't able to justify that or the TDs didn't want to do that because they believed that um, exposure to the public was a good thing. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm probably putting some words in their mouth, but that's the general context as well, that there was even more than just the venue itself being too quote unquote easy. So yeah, it's funny. A couple people were actually just posting that saying players were already throwing on players on t-pads the added covid yuppies walking about and the inability to close the park to just the tournament and the park not to close so people are walking all over the place yeah actually not gonna lie i didn't even think about that and yeah it, it makes total sense that's what stuff i think it's a retirement community right next to fountain hills and so there is a lot of people that are walking around yeah um, i when kinda, i was there yeah yeah it's kind of weird believe me i enjoyed going there and playing I enjoyed the tournament. I enjoyed the time that I had in Arizona, but it's not it's not a fun tournament to watch on camera. 
I'm just, uh, I'm going to be the sure reason, that. Okay, yeah. The reason why I like to watch is because it was always the unofficial kickoff to yes. the season. And yep. so that's why, and to their credit, great, great yeah. uh, marketing to do that. I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be an A tier. They haven't released A tiers yet, but I, I could, oh, yeah. I could they bet already your butt. Said. Yeah, I could bet your butt that it's going to be an A tier probably around the same time that it always has been. Yeah. And it might go Vegas to Arizona or, you know. It's, just, it's it going to be, be Las. Tour. It's going to be LVC. It's going to be Las Vegas. That's going to be the kickoff. Yeah, but um, I'm saying you know right after Las Vegas might be Memorial because I think there's two weeks in between Las Vegas and the next event, which I want to say is Waco. So potential right there. I honestly. So here, here, here. I'm going to pull it up for you. So here's the announcement of the tour, and I guess I'll just kind of read them out. Um, yeah. I'm looking this up too. So for it is going to be February 25th and 28th. That is the first event and it is Las Vegas challenge. And that my friends is a disc golf pro tour. Las Vegas challenge is a pro tour. I'm so stoked for that because Hannah texted me and she was like, yes, we get to go to Vegas again this year. She was way more excited than I just sounded. But, uh, (laughs) and then from there, Nick, it is, uh, Okay, goes March 12th over here. Waco Annual Charity Disc Golf Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Then, Which was super fun. Yep, that's a good event. The, um, the PDGA uh, Texas State. National Tour, Texas States. Then yep. another pro tour is going to be Jonesboro. Then it goes to Glassblown Open, which is not a pro tour. It is a national tour. Interesting. Is that accurate how I'm reading it? Yeah. Not a pro tour. Which one? The uh, Glassblown Open. I was I'm a little surprised about that. I thought I that thought was. GBO was always a national tour. DDO this year. Oh, it was the pro tour. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm horrible. No, I think Glass Blown <laughs> was always an NT. I so think. San Francisco opens back on the list. Yep. U.S. Women's uh, Major is on there for May 21st. May 28th, Masters Cup. That's a national tour. Uh, Portland Open is on there again. Beaver State Fling is on there. Obviously, you would expect this. Pro Worlds because it got bumped back mm-hmm. is June at uh, in, Utah. in Utah. Yep. And, and then they go over the pond. Oh, to go to Europe. Yep. European Open happening July 14th through 18th. So what's the, uh, besides going through every single event and boring everybody, uh, what changed here? Anything else uh, besides that? So we lost Pro Tour, lost uh, Fountain Hills. What yep. did they add? Uh, they added... <laughs> We're just sitting here in science. I thought I preserve is back on there. I preserve's guess preserve's back on. That's that's really what it is. And then you had the Great Lakes yeah. Open, which is D Glow. Um, yeah, I think honestly the they just dropped that one. But they also they haven't released their Silver Series events yet. Yeah, but when you say just dropped it, Preserve was a bonus event, and now it's actually a Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yeah, so year. that that could be pretty much it. Okay, someone says they get so confused with NTs versus Disc Golf Pro Tour. So here's how it works: If you haven't been around a long time, and maybe this isn't even you. Um, disc golf pro tour is a private organization that started a tour and their events were so good. They were only eight tier. And this is actually another announcement, Nick. They are now sanctioned as their own, what's called an elite series. It's an actual elite series sanctioning now, not eight yep. tier. Yep. So I think they deserved it. Their events yeah, were absolutely. better than an eight tier. hundred percent. Well, I mean, it was an eight tier, but it deserved it. It was like a glorified eight tier, exactly. which like I never went to a pro tour event and was like, oh, wow, I'm playing an eight tier. Like, no, exactly. I never that, but you played a pro tour yeah. event. It was its own thing. Music City opens an NT event next year down in Tennessee. 
All right, so we're slowly yeah. losing our our followers. I mean, <laughs> our live yeah. listeners. Not really. Okay, they're, so they're still chilling. They're with still us. there. There's a lot there. Yeah. So here, let's talk about this last thing, and let's get this number to bump back up because we were just droning on about events. Nick, OB. Now, big horrible. Germ, we'll take it out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> big Germ talked about this a little bit. If you go back and listen earlier in the show, or if you listen to this far, you already heard it. Um, OB rules came up on hole eight at Maple Hill. Mm-hmm. If you watched that event live. You were like, why is it taking so long for them on this hole? Um, Let me just kind of describe a little bit. You see the hole, so I don't need to do a whole bunch, but you throw over a pond for your first shot. Mm -hmm. If you're short of land, more or less, there is a rope there, though. But if you're short of land and then you're in the water, you proceed to a drop zone. You go to a drop zone. You do the same thing, throw in the water. You proceed to another drop zone. Okay, it's just continually getting closer and a little easier. Um. Do you remember the first day? Did you happen to see that? Like where Simon and um, I'm trying to remember who else was on that card was having questions because they landed on the rope in the water. Yeah, it was Simon, Paul, Ricky and Castro. But (laughs) so apparently this is what was told to me is that Ricky shot actually hit the rope and moved the rope into the water. Yes, Like it fell into the water. (laughs) Yes. No one saw that from the T-pad though. So then when Simon threw... He threw it low, clearly was out of bounds in the water, but his disc had like, it was on the rope, the rope. Yeah. Yeah, It was on the rope. So there was that like Steve Dodge. I asked him following the round what the ruling was. And he goes, no, if the rope got moved because of a throw, you can't count that. Yeah. But that's weird because it's like, how do you know the rope got moved? You know, that's like, and who's counting it one way or another, like, as in like, um yeah you yeah. walk up to it you're like did the last hole do this did they play it this exactly. way that's what it I was mean. in like, the water but what if it was moved on land even right like yeah, yeah I know. like if someone takes that I rope and moves it back onto land they obviously didn't move it back to where the rope initially was at the I start know. of the tournament so now you have different players playing you know <laughs> but yes i agree todd just wrote need to use paint paint doesn't move but I it would be with it, that but you'd be using Paint looks worse. Rope you can take out of the ground if you want to take it out or whatever. Paint. Do rope with good stakes. Can I just say that? Like, yeah. hey, just really stake it down so it can't be moved. Fox Run. Okay. Now, yeah, Fox Run doesn't do They don't ropes. do rope. They do yeah, the stakes. they just do the stakes. But and, Yeah. So yeah. the second issue on that hole for OB, and this was really interesting, and again, we don't need to fully rehash it, but to say that he threw over the pond, and into the next pond. Yeah, there's a pond over on the right for everyone who doesn't know that if you do pull your drive a little bit, you can fight through the trees and find. It's actually the pond that hole fourteen, 14 goes over. over. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge pond. But um, Paul had thrown his shot. It turned over and went into the water on the opposite side. Now, normally, when we play that course outside of the MVP Open, all OB shots are only in the water so you go to the drop zone automatically the way that the picture of that hole was that was given to players is that behind where the eight holes usually stand right in front of them is an ob rope so it's probably about 25 30 feet long in the basket there's an ob rope and on the on the uh caddy book thing it was an imaginary line that went all the way to the right like into the water pretty much on the other side and in the caddy book it said if you land in the water in front of the basket you go to the drop zone if you land behind the red line ob long you play for right. where it went out of bounds so you, 
you're getting to this point. The confusion is he landed in water. Yes. And so the TD, Steve Dodge, mm-hmm. at the time was like, oh, it says you land in the water. You go to drop zone. I can't change that. I'm sorry. And Paul protested it in a respectable manner. And it was determined the next day, and this was to Big Germ's point, the first time ever that I've heard of where it was petitioned and granted. Now, that was pretty cool because, honestly, we had Paul on the show, what, two weeks ago? And Hannah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we we credited him with turning in scores that were um, that he received a penalty for because he realized he played a hole wrong. But you know what's cool here? He pushed for the right play on a hole, and he said, this is actually the right way. Mm-hmm. And he got it. So, like, kudos to him. Like, And guess what he did? And so what did he do? One of the best things in disc golf that you can do, throw a provisional. Yeah. Provisional, there's no, like, better thing that disc golf has graced grace us with than being able to throw provisionals. Because it's just like, he was able to play a provisional from the OB drop zone, and then OB where he went out of bounds. That decided whether he took a five or a four. That decided whether he was three strokes back of Ricky or only two strokes back of Ricky going into the final day. So because of a provisional, because of Paul knowing the rules and actually paying attention to the caddy book, he was able to argue and be confident with his argument and it ended up being the correct argument. And I think what's crazy is that like, obviously kudos to him for doing that. I can't fault Steve Dodge, obviously, because when you're kind of in the heat of the moment like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, one, we're on live television in front of thousands of people. <laughs> I know. You kind of think of a decision that you think is the right one and that you're confident is the right one, but it might not be. And so that's why I'm glad that Jeff Spring got involved. The PDGA got involved to it. Mm-hmm. It was played out correctly. And I, I like the road that they took to get to that point. And I was not home when Paul came back because it wasn't my home, but you were. I would have been interesting to be a fly there for hearing Paul talk about that. But I feel like from the outside perspective, it was observed that Paul was adamant, but respectful. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to play a provisional because I disagree. Like yeah. that's not, And that's yeah. good. And Steve says, that's your right. Yeah. It's the played out. Honestly, you could say, oh, it could play out better because the rules could have been clear. But the yeah. reality is, I think the rules were clear and you, everyone can go say, oh, it was Steve Dodge's fault, which... Okay, that's how Steve interpreted it. If yeah. you've never been a TD in the moment, we have had in junior, again, I'll bring this up about juniors. Yeah. That is incredibly hard to make a call call in the moment on something that's detailed and specific. You know somebody's yeah. getting penalized. So I think it played out awesome. Yeah. It was interesting, yeah. unique, played out okay. Yeah, when Paul came home, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, I actually didn't know any of what happened. And so... I had gotten home. I told my parents they were we were all eating dinner at this point. Um, I told my parents I was like, "Hey, by the way, I just signed the papers for a new car." And then Paul and Hannah had walked into the, the through the door, and Paul was like, "Can you believe what happened on hole eight? Just kind of like joking around with me, you know. He had an attitude about it, and I was like, "No, I have no idea what you're po- talking about. Like, <laughs> you know, please do explain." And he had told me the whole thing of what happened. And I was like, well, I don't know. You were in the water. Like, yeah, you go to the drop zone. You were See? in the water. And so that's Even what I thought. you right that's away. I, yeah, exactly. Right, right away. That's instantly what I thought. If you don't play Maple Hill, you might not know this. But like every single time I've gone into that yeah. water, I'm just going to say it. This is insider information as far as the course goes. Yeah. Every time I'm in that water, Nick, I go to a drop zone. Because there's no OB long. 
when we play it. Yeah, but the, it would technically be OB in that water, which no, on no, the I mean, side, OB long in the basket, like they have during the MVP Open. Yeah, but we I'm don't saying have that. So but the I'm only clearing OB that we play is in the water, which 99% of the time, if you throw in the water, but it's anywhere, not that water apparently. So now when I play that hole, that water technically is in not the same water that's on the map. <laughs> no, because I'm pretty sure RT RT sign on way. the course it has it the way that we normally oh, play. Okay. For the tournament, it was changed yeah. because now there was right. that line that went across the You're top right. of it. You're right. So, so. I, I think everything was clarified and eventually is made right. right. I, I, I was kind of shaking my head. Does this have to happen to Steve Todd? Like everything yeah, is always know, right? like always this like controversy with Steve. I love Steve, and I will say that until. No, I'll always love him. I may not think he makes the best decision always, but neither do yeah. people think I do. <laughs> like yeah. people comment on here and they're like, dude, you're making horrible decisions or comments. They're like, okay, that's okay. I love the guy. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of funny. I reading the comments right now and apparently something big happened in Texas at a tournament Brody was playing at with an OB penalty and everything like that. But Matt and Daniel are going back and forth talking about it. So it's funny. You're just, we're talking about one thing. They're talking about another thing. Oh, the chat boards. If you're listening to our audio, like in your car, driving around post or whatever, like you can have a good time in the chats. We did have tonight. I think we'll confirm it, but it was about 300 live. So that's awesome for us. Again, we appreciate everything. And so one last shout out here because we're wrapping up the show, Nick, we have something to give away. I don't know if you can get that bag. You might try to grab it. I'll take my headphones out. You can unplug the headphones instead of taking them out. All right. He's all right. So so Nick is stepping off to the side. He's going to show the bag that's being given away. It's not the pound bag. (laughs) That's that's my bag with my discs in it. All right, Nick, sitting back down. You're on camera. All right. So here it is. It's an MVP bag. All right. It's brand new. Actually, we just took it out of the plastic so we could show it tonight. This is going to be given away. Because this is a part of our 2,000 subscriber giveaway. We did hit it this week. Thank you guys very much. We are, I, I guess I'd have to look. We're we're well over 2,000 now. We're on our way to 3,000. So we need to give this bag away and probably a few discs with it. So the way we're going to do this, we talked about trying to pull it off tonight. Um, we have over 2,000, 2,156 right now. Um, we are having Simon on the show soon. I think it's this week. He confirmed with me. Nick thinks that he's going to be at a tournament. We will find out the answer to that. Simon, we know you listen to our show. I doubt you listened this far, but let me know. He sometimes does. <clears throat> let me know. So, um, but that's the plan. So we're going to have Simon. We're going to have Simon draw and we're going to come up with a way to select the winner. I it's it's tough because they don't give me an easy way to grab all the subscriptions from YouTube. We're going to figure out how to do it. So Simon I mean, if you give me a hundred dollars, I'll probably pick your name. I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. Please Super do not, chat. do not no. bribe me. Okay. Um, so that is the giveaway. Again, that's the end of our show here. We are giving away because of 2000. If we hit 3000, we are going to uh, give away more if we, stuff. If we keep giving away stuff, I'm going to have no more discs. <laughs> just give but away. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. throw in a couple of really nice uh, disc craft discs that I have back at home. Um, I also have some discs that I don't throw anymore, obviously from companies that I can't use. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll throw a couple of those in there. All right. Well, Nick, we almost on our own. No, Big Germ was here. Yeah. We almost tied our record with the Macbeth show. So, I mean, like as far as like length too. Oh, length. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Our length will never have an issue of potentially beating. (laughs) If we We, want to, Nick, we can do we can do short shows. But the reality is we try to put a lot of good stuff in the front. Mm -hmm. 
And if you that's what you like, that's what you get. If you want to stick around, that's cool too. So I am gonna throw a proto Kong in that bag. Oh, Maybe two. Baby. So, All right, Nick. Anyways, you got any parting words for everybody? I do. Everyone, please like, subscribe, hit the like button, share us. Uh, we're on all of your favorite social media platforms. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Nick, you're awesome. Right back at you. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.